BBC WM 95.6 Teachers, if you don't like it, get out of it. Pensioners who can't do anything to boost her income. Abduction? Uh, as far as I'm aware, she actually went willingly. Ian Lee, Saturdays. 9 till 12. BBC WM 95.6 Good morning, this is Ian Lee, sitting in for Nick Comrade. He's a bit poorly, bless him, this morning. And who, who wouldn't be poorly? Have you seen the weather out there? Oh, it's awful. Stay indoors, listen to this for the next few hours if you can. Lots coming up between now and 12, including... There are some sick people out there that have finished their Christmas shopping already. Already! I'm guessing, and I'm generalising slightly, I'm guessing they're women. Is that you? Oh eight four five three double oh double nine five six. An American uh, uh, publication has said that Birmingham has more to offer than London for tourists. Forget going to London, go to Birmingham. Do you agree? You're a big fan of uh, uh, Birmingham. Can you sell Birmingham and the surrounding area to those uh, from abroad, or maybe you just think, no, please, no, awful. Oh eight four five three double oh double nine five six. But before that, what are your thoughts on this big story that's uh, been happening this week about the baby that's been found in a plastic bag in a park? Fella walking his dog finds a baby in a plastic bag in a park. How upset must the mum must have, uh, have been to have done that? Call oh eight four five three double oh double nine five six. Ian Lee on BBC WM. 95.6. Incredible story. It's on the front page of uh, the Birmingham Mail today. Uh, um, The granddad tells how his hero dog saved a baby jade. I thought it was a bag of kittens until I heard the baby cry. What I find interesting about this granddad is uh, uh, I walked over and saw a carrier bag. Then I saw it move. I thought it was a bag of kittens. But then I saw her little arms and a head and the baby started to cry. So what did the granddad do? He would have picked it up and got the baby. No, no. What he did was, I thought, I'm not going to touch anything because if I start messing and they come for forensics... Uh, so he basically, he ran out to his mate's house, made a phone call, then went back. Bless him. You, you, you'll be shocked. Anyway, uh, uh, the question I want to know this morning is... Have you got any sympathy for the mum that did this? Mum leaves a, a, a newborn baby, newish, in a plastic bag in a park. Any sympathy for the mum at all? I'm a dad, I've got two little boys, and I, I, I was struggling to understand how anybody could do this. Well, I spoke this morning to uh, clinical psychologist Dr Rick Norris, and I started by asking him how anybody could leave a newborn baby in a plastic bag in a park. Well, it is difficult to get your head around this, Ian. Um, but what happens with women who are suffering from postnatal depression is two things, really. Um, first thing is that they are experiencing uh, an enormous change in the um, uh, the chemicals, the, the that we have in the brain and you know when we experience depression it's an extreme lack of neurotransmitters being uh, produced and you know women are after giving birth women are particularly prone to this and it can lead to really serious depression where they feel completely hopeless about life and that leads sometimes to acts like this but isn't there, uh, I always thought there was this, uh, of course postnatal depression is a very, very serious thing, but isn't there that, that bond between a mother and a child that is, is stronger than, than everything? Well, normally that would be the case. 
But in, in situations like this, an individual will often feel that this is actually, that the best thing for the child is that they are found and brought up by somebody else because they feel hopeless about their own case and completely worthless and completely unable to deal with the situation. So that often results in them, in, in them thinking, wrongly in, in, in many cases, because they are quite capable of bringing the child up, but they feel that they can't. But also their the, the thinking must be so skewed because, of course, there are um, channels in place to help you bringing up children or if you don't want your children to, to take them off you and make sure they are brought up successfully, aren't there? Well, that's absolutely true. Um, and, and some of the research uh, is quite interesting on, on this, Ian, because I mentioned earlier that the, the first thing is this imbalance in the chemicals, the hormones, um, which causes the depression. But an American study also found that uh, women who are particularly prone to postnatal depression often come from very unstable childhood backgrounds themselves and this will affect their thinking in terms of not only their ability to to bring children up themselves but perhaps also um, uh, they will have through their own instability many negative memories uh, of, of childhood experiences but leaving, I'm, really, I'm trying to get my head around this. Leaving your your baby in a basket and on someone's doorstep, ringing the door and running off, that, that is one thing. A, a plastic bag in a park, that, that that mother must have known there was very little chance of that baby surviving. I would have thought. Well, again, you know, this is it's really hard to understand this, isn't it? Because yeah. you're quite right, Ian, in the sense that that there are opportunities to actually leave the child somewhere, knowing that it will be found, versus leaving it somewhere where the chances of it being found are, are quite remote. Um, and, and the other thing is that, you know, and it's very hard to understand this, uh, and even the woman herself won't be thinking clearly, is part of it with her is not wanting to be traced as well. Mm. So she's trying to put the baby in a position where hopefully it will be found because it would be... Um, of course, if she gets traced, then her fear is she'll get into trouble, she'll still have the baby, and, 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 and. So part of it is about putting the baby in a position where she is much less likely to be traced. What do you think she's going through now? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, and I have worked with, with many women who've, who've suffered from postnatal depression, and uh, she may be experiencing a whole variety of emotions, surprisingly, one of which may be regrets of what she's done. Um, you know, part of her may feel relief that the baby has been found and will be looked after. After uh, Part of her may well be feeling um, some form of regret. That, uh, and, and if she doesn't experience that now, she may well do so in the future about what she's done. She'll also feel quite guilty when... As will happen, her hormones will settle down and she realises what she's done. So that may well change the way she feels about things um, from the way she does perhaps today. A mother that's done something like this, are they ever capable later on of, of looking after and bringing up a child safely? Well, uh, you're asking some really interesting questions, Ian. Uh, uh, but that, we should never say never. I mean, I, I suspect the other factor in this is likely to be the age of the mother. So um, quite often you find that um, mothers who, who do this tend to be very young, very inexperienced. Um, 
they may even have managed to conceal the pregnancy um, from parents, uh, relatives, friends. Um, so to say that they would never be able to, to bring up a child in the future would be, would be making a very um, bold statement. Um, pe- people do, they're more likely to change when we're younger. Once we reach a certain age, most psychologists believe that when we reach our late 20s um, to 30, we probably don't change a great deal. Our traits are relatively set. But if this is a fairly young teenage mum, then it, it would be, I think, a very bold statement to say that that, that uh, mother would never be able to bring up a child herself. And what sort of um, help could someone like you or, or, or someone in your profession give to this woman who's done this? Well, a number of things, really. I think that, you know, there's probably two or three key points, Ian. Um, firstly, to help people realise that they're not alone. Whilst, thankfully, these uh, instances are fairly rare, um, they, they do happen from time to time, Ian. And I think the concept is known as universality. And what we mean by that is that, you know, you're not the only person in the universe who's ever done this. And that helping people understand the state of their mind at the time. So we, we have this, this problem with what we call our experiencing self and our remembering self. So our experiencing self is where we are in the moment. And sometimes we, we only are able to get our head around how we're thinking now. Um, so when this woman, you know, in, in weeks, months, time, you know, hopefully is, is getting some psychological help, what we have to try and help her realise is that if she can remember how she felt then, she will realise that it was as much the situation which is driving the outcome. Because I've no doubt she probably comes from fairly desperate uh, uh, circumstances. And, and that will have contributed to what she's done. Um, because had she come from uh, circumstances where, you know, she, she was much better equipped for motherhood she almost certainly wouldn't have done this so we've got to remember in part it will be the circumstances that this woman is in that has driven her to act in such an extreme way and the child obviously is is a newborn isn't going to remember this but at at, at some point in the child's future when perhaps this story is told to her Mm. could it have an adverse effect on the kid well uh yes and no um so you know all, all children want to grow up believing that their mum in particular but their parents love them the idea that your parents gave you away it is quite an odd one um and in fact uh, you know happened to my dad funnily enough not in the circumstances you described but um you know his his mum and dad uh he was born in india um but his his mother and father had his dad had a good job on but working on the uh, Indian railways, which involved an enormous amount of travel. So he was given away to his grandparents to, to bring up um, whilst they were travelling, and he saw them once or twice a year. Um, now, uh, that, that in itself wouldn't have been a problem. Slightly complicated by the fact that when his younger brother was born, they opted to keep his younger brother with them. Right. And, and that kind of rejection is much more difficult to cope with. In, in this particular case, what we've got is uh, a, a young girl who's been given away and it would be relatively easy I think to explain to her that uh, the state of mind that her mother was in to have done this and you know that she will probably only remember hopefully uh, she's young enough I would think to be adopted and her adopted parents 
will be the ones that she relates to more strongly um, if she never sees her, her birth mum again. And uh, providing she has, a, 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 you know, as most children do, a reasonably good experience, then, you know, she will grow up knowing that the only parents she has known loved her. But there will be undoubtedly a bit of a gap in her life when she finds that out. And she will wonder if her mother's never traced why her mum actually did that. If her mum's traced and she finds out, her mum's able to explain. And I've worked with people who, you know, who have been given away at birth uh, and have later tracked down um, the, the birth mother. There's no reason why she shouldn't build a reasonably good relationship with her birth mum. But it will probably always be the strongest links are going to be uh, with her adoptive parents. The mother abandoned a newborn baby in a plastic bag in the park. Have you got sympathy for the mum? I, I, I do. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is that you know, women don't do this, Ian, unless they feel extremely uh, hopeless about life. You know, they, they have no hope. They are desperate, they are frightened, and they're, they're almost always quite young, uh, inexperienced, and with uh, very little family support. Or, you know, if they do have any family support, they're very fearful. And as I say, they, they've often uh, kept the pregnancy away from parents, friends, relatives, and they're extremely lonely. And that's why they do such desperate things. Dr Rick Norris, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. A pleasure, Ian. Well, that was me speaking to Dr Rick Norris uh, a little bit earlier this morning, clinical psychologist. Very simple question for you, dear listener. Do you feel sympathy for the mum? Any sympathy at all? She left a newborn baby in a plastic bag in a park. So lucky that fella found it with his dog. A few hours later, baby would probably have been dead. Have you got any sympathy for a mum that can do that? 08453 You can text 81333, start your text WM, and we'll speak to you after this. Ed Doolan on a Sunday. Join me this Sunday from 12 noon on BBC WM 95.6. Like a bit of Ed Doolan, that was um, uh, Gordon Kay from A Lower Low. I, with the greatest respect, I thought the gentleman was dead. I honestly thought Gordon Kay, Rene from a lower low, had passed on about ten years ago. Gosh, doesn't that go to show, huh? How wrong you can get things. Good morning. Uh, this is Ian Lee sitting in for Nick Conrad. He's not very well, so I've uh, I've come in to uh, fill his uh, ample boots. We're talking about the baby that was left in a plastic bag uh, in a park this week, found on Thursday, found by a bloke called uh, Roger, Roger Wilder, a granddad, whose dog discovered an abandoned baby in a Birmingham park. This is from the Birmingham Mail. Spoke about the amazing pet rescue and said, we were just in the right place at the right time. Uh, the pensioner moved closer. He realised what the loyal family pet had discovered, a newborn baby who has now been named after the four-legged rescuer. Well, thank goodness the dog wasn't called Rover or something like that. That, that could have been awful. Roger said, I walked over and I saw a carrier bag and then I saw it move. I thought it was a bag of kittens, but then I saw her little arms and her head and the baby started to cry. So, a mum leaves a baby abandoned in a plastic bag in a park. Have you got sympathy for this mum at all? 08453 I'm a dad. I've got two boys. They're going to be four and two next, uh, next year, next January. They are bonkers. They are hard work. It is tough. But, but... Uh, the thought of someone leaving 
a child, just as a parent, it, 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 I can't quite comprehend it. Yes, we spoke to, to Dr. Norris, who made a point of talking about postnatal depression and, and how uh, it, it can affect you. I guess what I need, someone that would be great to talk to today, would be a mum who has suffered from postnatal depression. If, you ha- if you're a mum and you have suffered, or indeed you are suffering from postnatal depression, could you give me a call and try and explain how painful it is. Could it force you to leave your baby in a park? 08453 is the telephone number. You can text 81333. Start your text WN, WM as well, please. And uh, we'll try and get as many of your, you on the air this morning. Uh, I, I'm scratching my head around this one. I, I can empathise with uh, someone suffering from depression. I can empathise with how hard it is for a new parent to cope with with the pressure of having a baby. But to leave it, to actually make the decision, you know what, I'm going to put this baby in this plastic bag and I'm just going to put it down here in a the, in the, in the bush and see what happens. That takes something, doesn't it? That takes something. Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six. Let's go to Andy. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. Andy, have you got any sympathy for this, Mum? Well, I haven't really. I- I'm afraid I have to uh, come onto your side of thinking things. Uh, I- as a father of four and grand- uh, a granddad of thirteen, I think I've you know, I think I know a little bit what I'm talking about. I mean. If she's suffering from postnatal depression, surely the baby could have been covered up. Surely her brain's not functioning regarding the little soul, the warmth of the little soul. If it was the mum who planted her there, surely she could have been wrapped up a little bit more. I mean, I've got no sympathy for whatsoever. And surely, as I've just said to uh, the young lady who'd been on the phone, I mean, uh, whether she's living with her parents or boyfriend or whatever, surely that... They're not suffering with post-natal depression. Surely somebody knows about this. I think it's absolutely shocking. I've been listening to your doctor. I mean, it's all right him saying this and that. I mean, we're talking about a little baby's life here. And, 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 and as that man said last night, uh, who found the little baby on the Paul Frank show, saying that uh, the, the top half of the little baby wasn't covered up. Don't you find that disgraceful, Ian? I just can't get me a drink. I think it's absolutely shocking. I know what I you mean. I can't buy into this uh, uh, this postnatal depression uh, as what in in the sense of leaving the little baby like that. I guess, Andy, we don't know, as blokes, we don't know how much, um, how painful the depression can be, potentially, for some mums, do we? And listen, if the mum was uh, ill enough to leave the baby in a plastic bag, I'm sure she's not even going to think about blankets or anything. She's just going to dump it, isn't she? Well... She's, the mum, the mum obviously isn't well, and we don't know, I mean, listen, we're dealing with hypotheticals. We don't know, uh, what her family situation is. It could be a young girl, it could be someone whose family doesn't know that she was, was pregnant. We don't know her situations, but she must have been in so much pain to have to do that, Andy. Does not, doesn't a part of you kind of feel sorry for her? I'm just thinking about the little baby, Ian. 
uh, I'm ever so sorry. I, I can't, I can't, I just can't uh, comprehend uh, the position the lady was in, the mom or whoever planted the little baby there, what they was, what they was doing. I really can't. I mean, as, as I said last night, let's be fair. You know, the weather, how the weather is, and now the baby was only wrapped up down the bottom and top half was was bare. I think it's absolutely. No, I can't. I can't. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just focusing in on the little baby. That's all I'm focusing on. And thank the Lord that man was about with the dog. Otherwise, we'd have uh, we'd have had a corpse on our hand, wouldn't we? I think it's absolutely shocking. I mean, I just said, I've had, I've had four. I mean, I, I, I've got 13 grandchildren, and I only keep harping on it. I've always done shift work all, most of my life, uh, days. And I've come back. I've had the, I've had the children. Uh, the, the wife's always done part-time cleaning at the night time. Fortunately, I've been in a position working on a job and finished basis. I could get back and help her. All women go through uh, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, this postnatal depression or whatever it is. Obviously, uh, some not as bad as others. I mean, my wife used to, you know, I've come back many times, has been screaming at the children, you know, getting on the nerves and God knows what. But we... <laughs> They shouldn't have children in the first place, should they? Andy, I, listen, I appreciate your time this morning. I'm going to move on because uh, I want to, the, the phones have gone, as I suspected they would do. Bonkers on this. Any sympathy for the mum that uh, abandoned the baby in a park, in a plastic bag? 08453 Andy there. No sympathy at all. We need to speak to, some, to a mum. We need to speak to a mum this morning, I think, who has had uh, postnatal depression. How bad did it get? Where did it take you to? Maureen's from Wolverhampton. Good morning, Maureen. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have no sympathy for this mother. I I do sympathise if she has got depression, but did she ever once stop to think, conscience, what if a dog or something had savaged that child? You know, I've got, I've had six children. I'm one of ten, and I've had really hard times. I've had to work around my husband. We've had to look after our kids, but no way would I ever think abandoning any of my children. She, the mum must have been, Maureen, to do this. She must have been in so much pain, so depressed. I agree, but there's so many hospitals and places like that you can go to. Not no. thinking, not thinking clearly. She's yeah. ill. Maybe, maybe her family doesn't didn't even know that she was pregnant. She, perhaps it's a young girl. Yeah, I agree with that, but there's so many stories in the paper of people abandoning babies on hospital doorsteps. Now that's would have been far better. Perhaps she wasn't thinking clearly, but God, my conscience couldn't have left my child five minutes outside the shop door. Maureen, thank you very much indeed. Let's go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Morning. Carol, have you got any sympathy for this mum? Uh, I do, definitely. Uh, nobody knows what kind of background she comes from. And the thing that I'm thinking about, people saying about her being abandoned, how do we know she wasn't looking from afar to make sure that somebody picked up the baby? I mean, I'm a mother of two, I'm a grandmother of one. Um, my daughter uh, had a baby. She could come to us and speak. It took a while for her to do so, mm. but she did. We don't know this girl's circumstances, and I feel people are being very, very harsh. Uh, but, but you say that she may have been watching on and, and looking at this, but still, a baby that didn't have a top on, uh, in, a, in a plastic bag... Mm. But as I say, you don't know where her mind was. Don't get me wrong, no. I couldn't personally do it myself, but I do have sympathy for her. And I do hope 
that she can come forward and be looked after, be it by a family or, or some kind of social services. Possibly people don't even know that she was pregnant. Mm. She could have been in this on her own. She could, for all we know, let's take it a step further, she could have been raped. People are talking about that she shouldn't have had children. We, we don't know the circumstances, and I feel that people are be, being very judgmental. They're not thinking about the whole picture. Well, the, we spoke to the, the, the first caller that we spoke to, the gentleman was saying, yeah, I, I'm thinking about the baby. Mm, I, I, I agree, I agree. And that, the, 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 the baby, baby is, is the, the baby most is important thing here, isn't now. it? The yeah. baby is safe. And the baby will go on, be it whether it's adopted, whatever happens. But now you've got to think about the mother. And as we say, we don't know what kind of uh, mental state, physical state or anything that this girl is in. There will be some people listening to this, and I suspect they might give us a call. Oh, wait, five, uh, four, five, three, double, oh, double, nine, five, six, saying, why, why should we be thinking about the mum? The, the mum has made her choice. We should just be focusing on the baby now. Now, under what circumstances? Nobody knows what they would do. Uh, things have not always been very easy for any of us. We've always, uh, you know, everyone has had issues and people talk about, oh, well, you know, sort of being in, in, a, in a marriage. Yes, a marriage is sharing. We don't know that this girl was in a partnership. We, we, don't, we don't know. She probably had no one to turn to, no one to talk to, and no one to say to her, look, it's not that bad. Things will get better. Uh, Carol, thank you very much indeed. This is Ian Lee, BBC WM. This morning we're talking uh, about the story that, that's been all across the station for the last couple of days and uh, it's the front page of the Birmingham Mail this morning. Dog-walking granddad rescued baby Jade. A granddad whose dog discovered an abandoned baby uh, in a Birmingham park spoke about the amazing pet rescue and said, we were just in the right place at the right time. Th- th- this, is, this is incredible. Roger Wilde, 68 who was on the station last night, I believe, was walking German Shepherd Jade in uh, Stetchford when she inexplicably raced to bushes, then lay down next to what looked like a discarded carrier bag and refused to return to him. As the pensioner moved closer, he realised what the dog had discovered, a newborn baby who has now been named after her four-legged rescuer. It's an incredible thing to find, an incredible thing to do. Have you got sympathy for the mum? And when this mum has found out, should the child go back to the mum? 08453 Elizabeth's on the line. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Elizabeth, what would you like to say? Well, I am in agreement with that last lady who spoke. I've never heard so many judgmental people, especially men. And where was the man who gave her the baby in the first place? I've no sympathy with any of you men. Sorry? <laughs> and... I think that poor girl deserves every sympathy and every help she can get. Because we do not know anything about her, do we? She left a baby in a plastic bag in a bush. That's not great parenting, is it? We don't know how desperate she was, do we? That baby could have died, Elizabeth. I don't know, you don't know. She might have been watching from afar, quite near, just to see that somebody picked it up. We don't know anything about her. Yeah, but a dog, you know, this dog, Roger's dog, Jade, is a massive uh, Alsatian, or German Shepherd, whatever you call them these days. Uh, If it had been a less tame dog, then, uh, you know, that baby could have been savaved. Well, I, I mean, you're going it, a bit too far now. Well, no, I'm, no, I'm not, Elizabeth. These are all potential things that could have actually happened. Yeah, yeah, but you could cross the road and be run down any minute, couldn't you? It's not what could be. The child has been saved by somebody or a dog or whatever, and she's been saved. And it's really, we should give her every sympathy and every help that she needs. Should the baby go back to the mum? Uh, well, I don't know about that, you see. We don't know the circumstances, do we? Well, she's proved that she's not... 
at the moment capable of looking after a child. Well, I don't know. We don't know anything about that. But well, no, well, no she's, she's definitely proved... One thing we do know is she's proved that uh, at the moment this happened on Thursday that she was not capable of looking after a child. Well, no, I don't know. It's not capable. You don't know. Well, I you, mean, you don't know how old she was. Well, with the greatest respect, Elizabeth, you, you do by the very fact that she left a baby in a plastic bag in a bush. That would indicate that at that precise moment she did that, she was incapable of looking after a child. Because that, that is not a loving no, thing to do, I, is it? No, I don't agree. I think she might have just been absolutely desperate. We don't know her circumstances or anything. And she really deserves a lot of help and sympathy. And what's all the... Elizabeth, what, I've got to pick you up on one thing. What's all the hate for men you've got going? No, it's it's not it's not that. But there was a man talking there, and he said, "Oh, I had four children, or so many children." Yes. And I never. Well, we've all had children, and none of us would do that because we don't want to do that. So we we kind of judge another person. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's my opinion. Elizabeth, I appreciate your call. That's, that's what this show is all about. Not just specifically Elizabeth's opinion. That would be a very limited target audience. It's about your opinion, uh, dear listener. What, what do you think? Getting a nice mixture of, uh, of people. I thought it would be predominantly people phoning up this morning saying, I've got no sympathy at all. I haven't got any sympathy for this woman at all. She left a baby in a plastic bag in a bush... Uh, on Thursday, what was the weather like on Thursday? Pretty rotten, wasn't it? Pretty rotten. It's not summer. Not great. Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six. I thought the majority of you would be saying no, no sympathy whatsoever. Um, but it's it's mixed. I would say sixty forty so far in terms of uh, people who are unsympathetic. I'd love to speak to you if you've suffered or your, your partner suffered from postnatal depression. I was being slightly flippant with Elizabeth there and her knocking men, but she, she is right in as much as the, the, the depression, the postnatal depression is something that I and all men will never be able to get our heads around. We won't be able to understand uh, the chemical imbalance that happens in your brain after you have a baby, uh, the, the, um, the physical uh, str- trauma, the uh, emotional stress you go through. We won't understand it. Hey, listen, we'll have our own niggles and, and, and worries and the depressions about uh, having children, but it's not the same thing for a man as it is for a woman, is it? Oh eight four five three double O double nine five six. You can text as well eight one triple three. Start your text WM Dean. Uh, in Walsall's text him. You have to think of the father too. He must have known she's pregnant, must he? Really? Uh, have you seen Eastenders? He has a responsibility to the baby as well. The baby is in a better place now with people who really care. Well, this is the thing we don't. Um, I'm aware that we are uh, painting very broad brushstrokes here and speaking in lots of hypotheticals. We don't know this girl's situation. We don't know how old she is. We don't know if, if, if the dad knew about it or anything like that. 08453 009956. Darren's in West Brom. Morning, Darren. Oh, morning. Darren, you got any sympathy for this mum? Yeah. Go on, tell me why. Uh, a few years ago, my, my ex-partner, uh, we had the baby. First couple of days it was okay and then they found out that she got pupil psychosis. She she had what? Sorry, pupil psychosis, which is a very very bad very bad form of postnatal depression. Okay. And believe you me, women who've got that, they can fool anyone. You know, they can have things on the mind, and 
and cover up what they're thinking about. How did this psychosis manifest itself? What what what, what was going? Oh, what was happening with your partner? It was hormones after she had the baby. Yeah. And so how 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 was she? What what difference was there in her? Oh, Jekyll and Hyde. One minute she was okay, the next minute it was like uh, a box of fireworks. Tell me something she did, Darren. Um, threw herself out of a window, um, tried to strangle one of the doctors in the hospital, a few things. She threw herself out of a window? Yep. Where was this? At a mum. Uh, what, what, ground floor, first floor, where were... Uh, out of a bedroom window, double glazed. And when you found... Were you there when this happened? No, okay. I wasn't. So, so, I, was, I was at work and I was told when I come home from work. So when you found out, Darren, what, what was going through your mind? Uh, oh dear, to put it in a nutshell, I can't use the words. No, of course not. And she, you say she tried to strangle one of the doctors? Yep. How did you intervene, Darren? What did, what did you do to... I to... have to step back and let the doctors do what they've got to do. I mean, she was on... Um, tablets. Yeah. That, how can I put it? She was on one and a half of these tablets a day. And if you give a third of one of these tablets to some... Uh, to an ant, it's like hitting it over the head with a sledgehammer. Right, okay. It's got that much power. Knocks them out a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, did she improve, Darren? Did did did, oh, did she change? Time, yeah. After a time, they put her in with the with a professor at another hospital, and she got better. Yeah. She had the odd sleep back, but she got better. And this all happened after the the birth of your baby. Yep. Wow. It's incredible, isn't it? We can't. We can never know what what you goes know, on in, in their heads, can we? After that, you know that chap who was on there about he's got so many kids, so many grandkids. You know they don't know unless they've been in the front line with someone. But women who've got postnatal depression can hide a lot of things in the back of the mind of what's on their mind when they're talking to people. Mm. Believe you me. You know, so I just want to put the books right. Darren, I appreciate... And, and that lady that she's been on. Yeah. She's got hate for men. She doesn't know what it's like. Darren, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Well, there's a powerful story. His, his um, partner suffered from such bad postnatal depression. She tried to chuck herself out of a window and strangle the doctor. So it, it, you don't act rationally, do you? you your, your rational thought has gone... When you've got this, this extreme form of depression, this postnatal depression. So can we, can we hold this woman responsible? She's not mentally well. One has to assume. Again, a lot of guesswork, a lot of conjecture going on here. She's not well. You can't be well, can you, to do this? So if she's not well, then we must have sympathy, mustn't we? I'm finding this very confusing this morning. Normally with something like this, I know exactly what I'm thinking, and exactly what... I know what the answer is. I'm very clever like that. Today, I don't know, which is why I'm so grateful you're all calling in. 08453 0956. Uh, let's go to uh, Doreen. Morning, Doreen in Erdington. Good morning. Um, I don't... 
I'm going to say uh, postnatal uh, depression don't exist, but she wouldn't have got it that quick. That baby was barely a day old. He wouldn't have had time to click in, I shouldn't have thought. I'm not going to I don't think it comes in that immediately that baby's born. Well, d- it, d- comes, it might come, but it comes a few days after or a few weeks after. Uh, I don't d- think he... Dorian, where did you... a baby and you immediately get postnatal depression. Dorian, when did, so where did you complete your medical training? Uh, nowhere. Ah. But uh, common sense. Ah. Common sense, it doesn't all... I, no, it don't always If work. I were but ill... Another thing, she didn't in, intend that baby to be found. If I'd have dumped a baby yeah. and I wanted it found, you'd have put it in where somebody could have found it. She was hoping it wouldn't be found. If I were ill, I would go to a doctor rather than a common Maybe sense it, practitioner. It could have been left there for weeks. Yes. But you don't know. You, we, we don't know, Doreen, well, do we? We don't, we, we don't know. We don't know when. I, I would imagine postnatal depression can kick in as soon as the baby's well, born. Well, I didn't. I wouldn't. I've never heard of anybody having it to me. I've well, it's the thing is, it's such a, a change in hormones as, as it happens, and it's such a, a, a traumatic experience. Of course, it can come in straight after. Well, I, um, I had a touch of it, but I, I pushed it to one side and got on with it. It's like a touch of the blues, but I no. didn't think. Uh, uh, it, it would immediately come in. I like suspect that. this. I suspect this. This lady is. It, it's a little bit more than a touch of the blues. Yeah, the but baby I, blues. I, 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 myself, I was probably a young girl. Uh, it, I don't know. Nobody knows. It from her parents and didn't want it and just put it there. But I, I think if it, if she'd had any common sense, she'd have put it somewhere where it could have been found. It was put where it couldn't be found. Really, if that man hadn't been walking his dog, he'd have been. Left there forever. Doreen, thank you very much indeed. I want to uh, go to B in Wolverhampton before the travel. Good morning, B. Good morning. Sympathy for this mum or not? Right. My point is, we're on the assumption that it was the female, the mother, who dumped the baby. Yeah. What about the father? Go on. Nobody seems to, like, it could be a hidden thing, as in, like, um... not to be open about the baby, didn't want the baby, so they dumped it. How do you know the mother's not lying there ill? Well, that's a very good point, B. We, we don't know that, for sure. Uh, I think in the majority of these cases, it is the mum that does it, though, isn't it? Yes, but you've got no proof of that just yet, have we? We have no proof of that just... just <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm just going on historical, empirical mm. evidence, that's all. But you're right, mm. in a specific case, we don't know exactly. No. OK, well, have you got sympathy for the parents, then? Either uh, of them? It's hard to say, because like I say, people have said about the backgrounds, if you don't know their backgrounds and the history and stuff, it could be a young mother, you know. If it's, if it's a dad that's done it, does it make any difference? Because we, it, we're assuming it's a mum, and so we are using the excuse, in inverted commas, of postnatal depression, okay? Mm-hmm. If it's a dad, he hasn't got that excuse, has he? So that, in some ways, makes it even colder. Well, yes. I agree with you with that, yeah. Because he's intentionally done that, so... Well, if, like a mother might not be thinking straight. If we find, if, if the parents are found, do, do you think they should get the baby back? If they're found? Yeah. Absolutely not. W- why not? <laughs> because they're obviously not capable of looking after a baby. What if it was a, if, mo- if, if, a moment of madness, of depression, and they regret it, and they, they're mortified, and they're at home now going, oh, my God, what have we done? We've lost our baby. Oh, please, we'll never do anything like this ever again. Don't, we, d- don't they deserve a second chance? Well, no, because if they're sound, if they're sound mind, their intentions were perfectly clear in my eyes, and they've had plenty of time to come forward and say, "Yes, we made a mistake." We've we've all had moments of madness, though, where we've done things that we've regretted, haven't we? Not to that extreme. 
<laughs> but we've, but you're right, not to that extreme, but we've all done things where we, we, which, which we wouldn't do again now that we are older and wiser and clearer thinking. Uh, and I would like to think that we, we would be afforded a second chance. So maybe if, if this family were given counselling and, and, and monitored closely by social services and things like that, that would be okay, wouldn't it? No, because you, you, you said if it was of sound mind, really. And if it was sound mind, that means they're thinking clearly. I'm sorry, but obviously, um, no. I don't, if it was an issue, i.e. postnatal depression or some other issue, then maybe they deserve a second chance, but they'd need a lot of work to find out what the issue was in the first place. B, thank you very much for your time. We're going to keep taking calls on this throughout the morning. Okay, the story of the baby found in a plastic bag in a park. Any, any sympathy for the mum? George, I will get to you in a little bit, I promise. 08453 After the travel, well, a New York magazine has advised its readers to go to Birmingham instead of London. What do you think? What is so great about Birmingham that we should be trumpeting to the rest of the world to get them over here? Or do you live in Birmingham and think, oh, no, no, you have got this completely wrong. Why would anyone want to come here? 08453 Right, it's 9.45. Let's get the travel now with Liz. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC WM. I'm sitting in for Nick. Hopefully it's just a week. He's, he's, he's not very well. We send him the best. He'll be back next week, I'm thinking. That's, that's what I've been told anyway. Who knows? Who knows what he's up to? Uh, anyway, lots of your calls coming in, which is great. It makes it, makes it easier for me. Makes it more interesting for you as well. We will be taking more calls in a little bit about the uh, the story uh, about the baby left in a plastic bag in a park 08453 but here's something here's something you may either go yes at last this is validation this is wonderful or you may go what what a load of old tosh new york magazine has advised its readers to go to quote birmingham instead of london unquote in an article this week that trumpeted the city's attractions from the culinary delights of the Balti Triangle. Ooh, yeah, well, as you see, is it wrong to fancy a curry at 10 to 10 on a Saturday morning? I don't think it is. I don't think it is wrong. What I'd really like is a cold leftover curry from Friday night. That's the best. No, that is the best on a Saturday morning. When I married my wife, uh, the first time we had a takeaway curry, the next morning I went down to have it for breakfast. She, she chucked it away. I took her to one side. I said, no, 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 we keep the cold curry. Anyway. It's got the, the Balti Triangle. We've got the world-renowned Birmingham Royal Ballet, thriving jewellery trade, music scene, wonderful new library. Well, this comes after the New York Times last year declared Birmingham was no longer simply flyover city, but a big-shouldered, friendly and fun place that its readers should definitely visit. What do you think? Do you agree with this? Do you think, yes, at last, Birmingham is being noticed for what it is, a wonderful place? Or are you sat at home laughing? Oh, dear, get a grip, guys. 08453 Well, one chap who must be absolutely delighted with this is Ian Taylor, a director at Marketing Birmingham. He joins me now. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. You must be over the moon with this. Yeah, we're really pleased. You know, it's, it's the culmination of a lot of effort and a lot of work to get international media into the city so they can see for themselves what it's got. And it, it's really pleasing to see that that coverage is, is coming through and, and encouraging people to visit the city. How do you, how do you sell a city as, as a, a, mark, a, a director at Marketing Birmingham? What do you have to do? Well, it's firstly about understanding what it is that people want to come and see in the city, um, and certainly in terms of international tourism, the type of things that the article referred to that you just read out there, you know, it's, it's around the culinary offer, it's around the cultural offer, uh, it is around things like, you know, the, um, the retail offer as well, and, you know, that's what we do, we, we take all of that, we package it, and we talk about the city in a really upbeat way, um, encourage people to come here and see it for themselves, because it is a city that when people come here, you know, 99 times out of 100 they think it's fantastic 
Um, so it is about getting people here and, and making sure they can experience it for themselves. Now, as a major city, uh, Birmingham must obviously rely upon overseas visitors in a big way. Do you know the kind of numbers that, that we're getting at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the, the latest numbers, I mean, obviously we, we talk about 34 uh, million visitors coming to the city. Uh, we're, the, we're the fourth most visited city in, in the UK in, in terms of international visitors. Um, and, it, you know, it's it, it's a growing number, I think. It's, it's around about three quarters of a million is, is the latest figures that, that are coming internationally. Um, so we're seeing growth on, on both fronts. And obviously we, we want to continue doing that and, and get more people here. And where are they coming from? Where, where are the kind of top uh, the, the places that people are travelling from? Well, I think traditionally we, we've been a strong visitor destination from, from you know, sort of nearer European countries, but places like Ireland, places like Germany and Holland. But more recently, we're starting to see people come from, you know, sort of longer haul destinations. So we are seeing now people coming in from the U.S., obviously based on some of the coverage that we've had, which has been great. But India is, is a growing market, I think. And in the longer term, certainly China is a growing market as well. What has Birmingham got to offer the Chinese? Well, if you look at what we've got, certainly in terms of our cultural offer um, and our retail offer, they're, they're strong drivers for, for Chinese visitors, and, and we score very highly on, on both of those. It is about making sure we're, we're part of the UK itinerary as well when, when people come into the UK, and I think it's, it's fair to say that the UK has never had a higher profile in tourism terms, you know, building on the back of the, of the 2012 Olympics. So it, it's about understanding what, what, what people want to see and making sure that our offer, which is strong, um, is profiled in the right way. And can you measure the change? When the New York Times last year declared Birmingham no longer simply flyover city, did you notice, you know, in the months after that, an increase in Americans coming over? Can you monitor it that accurately? Uh, it's difficult to monitor it that accurately, but I think what you can say is that we, we see an increase in the amount of group travel inquiries that we deal with. You know, the, the city, uh, only just a couple of weeks ago, won, won the best UK city for group travel. So things like that, you know, and, and that's a, a, um, an award that was voted for by the readers of that trade magazine. So you, you can see an increase in, in the, um, the amount of group travel inquiries, which is great. We monitor hotel occupancy, and obviously we, we track the numbers that, that come into the airport quite closely. So I think you can correlate it back to... You know, the, the type of coverage that we're seeing uh, internationally and nationally um, and, and the increase in visitor numbers, there's a definite link. What, what, what's next for you, Ian? How do you take this further and keep this momentum going? Well, I think it is about making sure that we continue to do more of it and that we get people here. But, um, but ultimately, it is about making sure that we've got the kind of connectivity that people can get here easily. Um, so we, we do work very closely with Birmingham Airport, not just to try and make sure that the existing routes you know, that people are coming in on are performing well, but that we, we secure more routes and we make it easier and easier for people to get here. So I think the next 12 months, it'll be more of the same, um, continuing to, to get the name of the city out there in a really positive way, continuing to work with the trades and to make sure we we package the offer and, and that people have a great experience when they come here and hopefully that will result in, in continued growth in those visitor numbers ian i appreciate your time this morning it's ian taylor he's a director at marketing birmingham well what do you think i mean it's amazing isn't it let's just hear these reviews again new york magazine advised its readers to go to birmingham instead of london uh, and last year the new york times declared birmingham was uh, a big shouldered friendly and fun place that its readers should definitely visit well, what, what do you think about that? Do you agree with that? Are you at home going, at last, this is wonderful. I've been, sa- I've been saying this for years, you see, I told you. I told you. Or are you there kind of laughing into your coffee? Malcolm's in Bourneville. Morning, Malcolm. Morning, mate. What Morning. do you think about this? Well, um, I mean, Birmingham is a, a nice place as such on that score where people are friendly and help you. But I would always say, well, it, it depends when you get here what you want to do. Do you want to, if you... 
you know, when you get here, obviously, if you're from another country, you've got to rely on public transport. And, of course, I would say, well, do you mind uh, waiting for buses that don't turn up and going to places and not knowing where you're going and standing getting soaking wet and things, um, you know, and this sort of thing. And, and if they like, if they don't mind doing that, then fair enough, come. But otherwise, I'd say I wouldn't come if, if that's... If you want to transport that's going to get you straight there, no messing about, you know where you're going and such, I would say come. OK, let's deal with the positives, Malcolm. What, what, what yeah. do you think are the great things about Birmingham? Well, the... Oh. Some of the great things, I mean... Oh. Not, there's not much, re- I, I suppose. It depends, it depends what a person wants to the, come But the Birmingham Royal Ballet, the Birmingham, hey? Royal, the Birmingham Royal Ballet, the library, the new library you've got... Uh, well, well, I suppose it depends on so far the sort of people that like to come and look at the sort of things that they've probably got at home anyway. Why do they want to come and look at things that they, that they might have... <laughs> the Balti you know? Triangle. Hey? The Balti Triangle. You've got some of the best food in the world here in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Well, if they come here for that sort of thing, I suppose I'm a bit out of touch, really, because being a pensioner, I ain't been able to go on holiday for ages or further, so I think we're losing, you know, we're forgetting what to do when you do go on holiday. So, you know, all, all we're interested in is just getting about from place to place without the hassle. So you're saying, you're saying, come to Birmingham, it's not that great, and also the buses aren't brilliant? That part of it isn't, no. Okay. Uh, this is what this is what lets down Birmingham all the time, is the public transport system, what we've got here. Malcolm, it, thank, you for, thank you very much. Do you agree with Malcolm? He seemed a little bit under-enthused, uh, under didn't he? About Birmingham there, he didn't seem that keen on it. <laughs> he didn't seem that bothered. He makes a good point, though. Why do you go abroad and hang out with the people you'd normally hang out with and go to the same places you'd... I, I, I've, got my, I've got Greek family, my wife's half Greek. Every year we go to a fantastic Greek island, okay, Zakynthos, and there are streets that we drive through, we don't stop in them, where there are all these bars that say, full English breakfast, X Factor shown here, Big Brother shown here. One of the bars makes proud, um, a proud claim, Ginster's pasties sold here. <laughs> there's all, no, I'm not knocking the, the fine manufacturer of pasties, I've enjoyed one or two in my time, but there's all this amazing Greek food and they're selling you, oh, we've got Ginster's, you won't get that nowhere else. It does amaze me going abroad and you see the Brit- well, Brits abroad. Anyway, Birmingham, love it or hate it, it's being touted as the tourist destination of the moment, particularly to Americans. Well, as you heard there from the caller there, eh, not so sure. 08453 Now, earlier on today, uh, I was uh, speaking to um, a doctor, Dr Rick Norris. He's a clinical psychologist. Uh, and we were talking um, about whether we should be having any sympathy for the mum that abandoned her baby in a plastic bag in a park. This is what he had to say. I, I do. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is that you know, women don't do this, Ian, unless they feel extremely uh, hopeless about life you know they they have no hope they are desperate they are frightened and they're, they're almost always quite young uh, inexperienced and with uh, very little family support or you know if they do have any family support they're very fearful and as i say they, they've often uh, kept the pregnancy away from parents friends relatives and they're extremely lonely. And that's why they do such desperate things. Well, what do you think? Have you got sympathy for the mum? Lots of mixed reactions this morning on the show. George is in Armitage. Morning, George. 
George, uh, what, what do you think? Have you got sympathy? Well, uh, not really. I mean, the late wife and I, we had six children, and we could, I tell you, we could have made it any of them at any time, but it, it never happened. It, it was our responsibility, you know what I mean? We, we, we've got to bring them up. And it was blinking hard work. And this young lady, whoever it was, has abandoned this child, knew very well that there was a distinct possibility that that, that child could die. You know, but think about, think about George. Think about the mum. Think of the pain yeah, I, she I, must have been in. The mum, and how do we know that she was suffering through postnatal depression? We're, we're only assuming that. Do we know that? We're only assuming that. I, I would be, I would be so surprised, Keith, uh, George. Sorry, if she'd done this out of callousness and coldness alone. I don't know. Ian, it takes all sorts to make a world, and well, there's some that I, 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 you know, that to I do that, doing it. To do that, to leave a, ba- a newborn baby in a plastic bag in a fi- in a bush, <laughs> you can't be thinking properly, can you? Well, you there's can't something be. wrong with your mind, got to be, it must be mental, because uh, anybody who does that trick, I'll tell you now, if it's a young lady, they ought to sterilise her. Uh, well, as simple as that. No, George, I'm, I'm upset, I'll tell you now. George, you, you can't force a sterilisation on someone like that, just be, you know, because of one thing. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. It, you know, that baby could have died. It's look, it, it's, it's pure look as that fellow was there with that dog. George, listen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Lots of phone calls on this. 08453 This is Ian Lee sitting in for Nick Comrade. I'll be here until 12. We'll keep this going throughout the morning. But, 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 other stuff as well, including, wouldn't it be a better place if we were all a little bit kinder? There was a survey this week that showed that, on average, British people do 48 acts of kindness a year. Is that all? Well, we'll be speaking to a couple of women this morning who think we should all be indulging in more acts of kindness. Keep listening and give me a call 08453 009956. Send me a text 81333. Start your text WM. This is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Comrade on BBC WM. BBC WM 95.6. Morning, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick, who's off this week. I'm here until 12 o'clock. Lots to talk about this hour, including we'll take more of your calls uh, on the story about the, uh, the the baby that was abandoned in a plastic bag in a park. Have you got any sympathy for the mum? Getting lots of very different and strong opinions on that. We'll also be taking your calls still on, uh, the, well, New York magazine has described Birmingham uh, as the place to go, saying go to Birmingham instead of London. What do you think? Are you nodding your head at home going, yes, of course, at last, fantastic? Or are you ch- choking on your cornflakes? And what on earth is this? Uh, and uh, coming up in this hour, ki- wouldn't it be nice if we were all a little bit kinder? Wouldn't it? Apparently, I was reading this in the paper in the week, <clears throat> uh, the, Br- the average British person does about 48 acts of kindness a year. Is that all? That doesn't seem very much to me. We'll be speaking to two ladies who'll be encouraging us to be a little bit kinder. If you want to get in touch, 81333 is, uh, is the text number. Start your text WM. You can email me, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. But... The best way, the way this show really works, is if you give me a phone call and we can have a chat. 08453 009956. Call 08453 009956. Ian Lee on BBC WM 95.6. So, New York magazine has advised its readers to go to Birmingham instead of London. Uh, and last year, the New York Times declared Birmingham was no longer simply flyover city, ooh, but a big-shouldered, friendly and fun place. 
And obviously, the, the Birmingham the Tourist Board, they're over the moon with this. What do you think? Do you agree with that? Is, is this recognition for your city that's been a long time coming? So often, the butt of jokes... Uh, and finally, it's getting the international acknowledgement it deserves. Or do you think, oh dear, no, please. Why would tourists want to come here? 08453 Keith is in West Heath. Morning, Keith. Morning. What do you make of this? Uh, well, you've got Birmingham's got history. And if you look, down the road you've got Stratford. Up the, up the road you've got the Black Country. Further on you've got... the the start of the Industrial Revolution in Telford, Iron Bridge. Being in the centre, you've got all these different places, you know. And Birmingham's are cheaper than London. We had uh, a caller on earlier on, Keith, who said, well, actually, Birmingham hasn't got that much, and the transport system is utter rubbish. But what you call, if you were tourists, you say... Americans usually come across in higher cars. Yeah. Birmingham's got a hell of a lot to offer. You know, what you call it, the history. It's not a great advert, is it? Come to Birmingham, but don't forget to hire a car. I'm going to New York next no, year, and what's exciting about New York is I will get on the subway, I will get in the cabs, I yeah. will be able to travel, I will get on the buses, I'll be able to travel around freely, easily, and pretty cheaply. And I guess, if, if it's true what has been said, that Birmingham is la- lacking that, and people need to get a hire car, suddenly it's not quite as sexy as, as, as say, London or Manchester, is it? No, but uh, how can I put it... Uh if if you go to Manchester, there isn't that. All right, you got the or uh, the Lake District and all that lot, but there's more history down in Birmingham than there is around Birmingham, the Midlands, than there is up north. Yeah, what I mean. It's and also fine, fine musical heritage with um, UB40 and, and Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. It's well, you got. There's a hell of a lot for this city, you know. Keith, can I ask you a question, going off on a complete tangent? Yeah. When was, the last, when was the last time you did something kind to someone? Er, uh, last night. Now, am I, <laughs> am I allowed to ask what that was? Er, uh, what do you call it? Like... I don't know. How, how can I put it? I don't know. There's, there's somebody that's, uh, wife is Okay, all right. I left him with the three kids. And you stepped in to lend a helping hand. It's a category... I just have to say, Keith, it's a category C. I I know it's it's all used in common parlance, but we're not allowed to use naughty words like that. Apologies if anyone was offended. So you went round to to help a mate, did you? Yeah. There you go. And it's nice... I'm like that anyway. You know, I'll help anybody out. You sound like a nice helpful bloke and also let's let's be honest if we do nice kind things yeah we're helping someone we get a little little something else we get a little kind of warm feeling in our in our souls don't we keith well how can i put it i'm disabled right. i what you call it at the moment i've i've got cancer as well and the oh, way I'm i look at that. it i'm there's people worse off in my life than me yeah and uh, you know, if I can put a little smile on He's got three kids, and uh, all I did was buy him some chocolate, you know. And I, That's all it takes sometimes, isn't it, to, to, to show you that someone's thinking. the smiles on the faces, you know. How's the cancer going, Keith? You all right? Uh, how can I put it? I've got a, an implant 
medicine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're on top of it? Yeah. Good for you. Well done, Keith. Listen, thanks very much for your time this morning. Bye-bye. There we go. That's Keith in West Heath. Um, he thinks Birmingham's a great place. The history... My, I've got to be honest, my tongue was in my... Yes, Black Sabbath, no, UB40. No, 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 my tongue is... No, no, my tongue was in my cheek there. Uh, Birmingham is a great place, he's saying. Yes, we've got history, and we're surrounded. It's the nucleus of a great part of history. All of these things, these satellites around us, where you can go and see and experience and feel. Yes, you may need to bring a hire car with you, but that's a minor thing. Is it a minor thing, though? I say, I'm going to New York next year. Very excited. I booked it yesterday. I'm only going for four nights, but I know I will be able to get around, like, even if I don't know the place, I can hop on a train, I can hop on a bus, I can uh, get a cab, they're not that expensive, I'll get around town easily. I'll walk, it's a really easy city to walk around, because it's all grids, it's all little boxes. And if Birmingham doesn't have that, does that make it less favourable in your opinion? Phone up, sell it to me, 08453 It's being recommended to, to the Americans, what are they thinking? And the reason I uh, asked Keith there about his uh, acts of kindness, didn't he sound like a nice fella? A little uh, bit of indoor language pop out now and then, but who hasn't done such a thing? Uh, acts of kindness, it would be nice if we did kind things, wasn't it? Give me a call or a text this morning. When was the last time you did something that was kind and wasn't expected of you it wasn't um you know you were supposed to do it or you were pressured to do it or you felt you had to do it but yes yeah, so I'll, I'll 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 do that i'll i'll pay you've not got enough money for for your food i'll pay for that i did that the other day someone was um it was some kids were trying to buy some sweets they didn't have enough money i said i'll get that yeah, yeah, I poisoned some children with chocolate. I know, yes, it's not the most healthy thing to do, but I'll get their sweets, mate. Go on, it's only a quid. Go on. They were so disappointed. They could... Thanks, mister. Thanks, mister. Uh, 08453 is the telephone number. Lots of texts have come in. 81333, starting your text. Um, WM, lots of texts. These are all about the, um, the baby abandoned uh, in the plastic bag in the park. The circumstances need to be known first before anybody starts condemning this person what sh- for what she has done, says Vaughn in Armitage. Um, has anybody thought that there's a possibility that this woman, this mother, had the baby taken off her by a family member and uh, abandoned the baby against her will, says Rich from Dudley. Well, this was mentioned earlier, wasn't it? This was suggested by a caller we had that perhaps we're being a little bit unfair and maybe it wasn't the mum that's done this. Maybe it was the dad. And now Rich is saying, well, it could be somebody else. I'm trying to think back. All other stories like this, I think... I can't think of another example, though, where it's been another family member. I could be wrong. It generally is the mum. And if it is a different family member, that that makes it a different story, doesn't it? Because, yes, it's possible to, to argue, and some of you have done, that under the influence of postnatal depression, you can act, you can act insane. You act irrationally. You do stupid and crazy things. But if you're not under the influence of postnatal depression, if you're a family member, the dad, the grandmother, then that makes it harsher and a bit more callous, doesn't it? 08453 On the subject of Birmingham being a must-go-to destination, Hubert's in Bartley Green. Good morning, Hubert. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm impressed that Birmingham is being sold so well around the world. Well, I, I've been on, uh, lucky to be on 14 cruises oh. now, and 
for a long time now, I've been to the Birmingham tourist office saying, have you got anything I can distribute on, on these cruises to the Americans, you know, or hotels we stay at yes. about Birmingham? And they say, oh, we've got nothing in the budget to for that. Oh. So we've got nothing, you know. But, I mean, I've, I've been on these cruises, you know, when we've had a meal, you know, I've been talking to the Americans and saying, yeah. you know, where are you from and all, introduce, you know. Yes. And I say to them, well, have you ever been to Birmingham, you know? And uh, they say, well, not really, you know. I've been to London and all around there, you see. Yes. And, uh, of course, I always give them the spiel about our canals. Of course. You see, wall canals in Venice, you know, and they're yes. quite amazed with this, you know, and promoting our symphony hall and a sea line. Life Centre, and you can go for trips on these canals and things You're like a one-man um, Birmingham tourist board, Hubert. Have you had much success? Do you know if any of your American friends have come over? Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure, anyway. But another instance, we, yes. did, a, we did a cruise from uh, the Mediterranean to Brazil, you say. And when we, were, we had two days in Brazil in a hotel at the end in Rio. Now, on part of that trip, we went up to the um, Sugarloaf Mountain there. Yeah. And there's two lifts two cars, you know, to take you up there. Yes. And I was coming back down on the one, and there was a young fellow in there with a local football shirt on, you see. So I said, uh, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, from Birmingham, England, you see. Yes. Oh, he said, I don't know where that is. Where's that? I've never heard of that place. So I said, well, it's about 100 miles north of London, about in the middle of um, England. Yeah. I said, you've heard of Stratford-upon-Avon and William Shakespeare and that? And he said, yes. I said, well, it's only about 30 miles from there, you see. So you managed to sell it to him, Hubert. Well done. Good for... Hubert's going all around the world. Imagine being on a cruise, which to me sounds like a nightmare anyway. Why do you want me to suck on a boat for three weeks with some Americans? But then Hubert starts giving out flyers <laughs> for Birmingham. Well done, Hubert. Keep up the good work. Excellent stuff. We need more people like you. 08453 It's 16 minutes past 10. Morning, this is BBC WM 95.6. I'm Ian Lee, sitting in for Nick Comrade. Uh, he's got the week off. If you want to give us a call. Uh, what have we talked about so far? Birmingham being the must-go-to destination. Uh, the baby that was left in a plastic bag. Uh, in a, but we're also going to be talking a little bit later on about Christmas shopping. There are some sick people, I'm guessing that perhaps you two, or these kind of people, that have finished their Christmas shopping already. Disgusting. Shame on you. Now, wouldn't the world be a better place if there were more acts of kindness? Well, five Birmingham businesswomen certainly think so. They're running an event called Kindness Birmingham at the International Convention Centre on the 10th of November. And joining me in the studio to tell me more is Jackie Landkeveney and Liz Keeney from Global Soul. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Look, Good morning. are you busily taking photographs? It's exciting. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like you've won a competition to come here. Now, introduce yourselves. Who are you and, and where are you from? Uh, I'm Jackie, yep. Jackie Lankeveney, yep. and my company's called Global Soul. Right, and Liz? Hi, I'm uh, Liz Keeney, and uh, I'm from Solihull, and my company is called The Kindness Code. So what is, wh why kindness? Why not kindness? Oh, it's such a chore. <laughs> it's a faff, isn't it, being kind? It's easy to be grumpy and miserable. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what's, what's the event? What, what have we got going on? Okay. So the event is at the ICC. We thought big. We want to attract loads and loads of people to our kindness day. Uh, November the 10th at the ICC. Spreading kindness in Birmingham, but not just for the people of Birmingham. Mm. It's for the people of the Midlands and beyond. So, would you like us to tell you? Yeah, what's, what's well, if, going I, if I come along, what am I going to see there? What's yeah. going to happen? Okay. Jackie? Well, we're, uh, we're supporting three fantastic Birmingham charities. We're supporting the Birmingham Children's Hospital, St Basil's, and the Birmingham Breakfast. Brilliant. They're the 
is it the Birmingham Breakfast? It's the Basket Brigade. Yeah, the Basket Brigade, yeah. 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 So they're they're all charities that work with children and people in need, basically. Mm. So we're asking people to donate um, items, just small items, and bring them along. We'll have three donation points for those. What kind of stuff are you looking for? We're looking for toiletries. Um, In fact, the Children's Hospital want toiletries, um, not toys, because they get donated thousands over Christmas. I'd never thought of that. They they need toiletries for the parents because... You just imagine a family actually getting rushed into the children's hospital and the parents have got no time to pick up any toiletries or anything, so they actually put together emergency packs. Mm. And the um, the Basket Brigade is a group of people that go out and feed really poor families at Christmas, so they're asking for non-perishable food items. Which is a major problem at the moment. I, yeah. In another life, I was talking to, to some uh, people who are, are unable to for- afford food because that choice of heating and food. Yeah. So anything like that that's helping yeah. out... in. Uh, over mm-hmm. Christmas is a cracking idea. Yeah, and they're based in um, Solihull. They're part of the Birmingham Yes Group. Um, so on the 21st of um, December, they all come together to actually make the food packs and then distribute them, which is uh, just a fantastic day. Great. Um, and the next one is St Basil's, which is supporting all of our homeless um, youngsters up to the age, I think it's 25, 26 in the city, and they do some excellent work. So yeah. we're supporting them with toiletries as well. So, But what's happening at the event the event we've got um the we've got the kindness tree so we can all say that we want to be the kindness what's the kindness tree (laughs) Uh, we've got a special tree where we're asking people to come along and pledge their act of kindness right and i think we all think about being kind on a daily basis we can think about it but there's this thing that you know i can't make a change on my own i'm not big enough if i just do something what difference is it going to make to mm. the world and if you actually write a pledge and put it you actually feel accountable so you do it and it could be something simple like i'm going to knock on next door you know the next door neighbor's door and see if the old lady's okay mm. um <clears throat> i'm going to pledge a cup of coffee when i go next to coffee house for the person behind me or drive through um you know one of the drive through eateries and just pay for the person behind. Really? Yeah. It's People just, do that? Yeah, of course well, so you're, you're driving do. through McDonald's or Burger King, and you yeah. say, here's another fiver, get whatever the fella behind wants. Yeah. Wow. Why not? Why not? When was the last time you did that? Um, I haven't done it to that, but I do it in coffee houses. Really? Yeah, just... I'll just pay for that person's coffee behind. Did, and Why does anyone not? ever come up? It's a, it's a fantastic thing. Does anybody ever come up to you afterwards and say, "Did you just pay for my coffee?" Or, or have you long since disappeared by then? Yeah, probably disappeared. Liz, yeah. what kind of things do you get up to that, that are kind? Okay, so I, I think the the concept behind this is uh, pay it forward. Right. So um, it's not about having the recognition that somebody has yeah. paid for that cup of coffee. Mm. It's just that recognition that somebody has been kind to me, and by that one act of kindness. Let's use the ripple effect that somebody would pass see that and pass it mm. on, and somebody mm. then will be kinder to somebody else. Mm. Um, it's a nice idea. It's a very nice idea. Yeah. It's a lovely. Idea. I, I, you know, I am a very grumpy old man. This is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sound excited. No, you don't look grumpy. Uh, <laughs> but I look old. Is that no? Well, thank you very much, ladies. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, it does it does sound nice to go out and to do nice things. You, you've got motivational speakers as well, haven't you, Liz? Yes. Are going to be there. Yes. What, what, what yes, kind of people have you have. got turning up to talk, and what will they be saying? Okay. Well, I'm going to be there speaking. Uh, speaking is one of uh, the things that I do. So uh, as a profession, so I'll be speaking about the kindness code, uh, which is about spreading kindness. But it is also about us learning to be kinder to ourselves. Okay, go on, tell me more. So, okay, so in this busy, stressful world, 
we find it less easy to be kind to ourselves, less easy to be kind to ourselves in terms of how we feed our body, how we feed our mind, and how we really connect with who we really are and the bigger picture of that. In fact, we were talking just before we came in here, and it's quite remarkable just to see how many people are walking around with their iPhones, texting, and everybody is very connected But are they really? No, I hate that. Can I, can I yeah. show you something? <clears throat> this is my telephone that I'm using at the moment. <laughs> oh. I am showing the ladies a Nokia <laughs> 3310. <laughs> it is the, it's the old, all this phone does is phone calls, texts, and it's got the snake app. And it's because I was addicted to Facebook and Twitter and emails. Mm. And I'd have my two little boys who'd say, Daddy, let's go and play pirates. Mm. Yeah, in a second, lads, I just need to send this work email. And I caught myself doing it. And I thought, I don't want to be part of that. So I've got rid of, I don't carry the internet in my pocket. And now I've done that. I see, you'll see couples in restaurants yes, on their talking. iPhones, not talking, not yeah. even looking at each other. Yeah. They're looking down at the palm of their hands. That's awful, isn't it? I do it, think that's it, a very sad state of society. It, it is yeah. really sad because I was just sharing with Liz um, again before we came in is that um, I actually told my parents who were elderly, 83, 84, that I was doing a kindness event with some friends. Um, and my mum said, you bar me. Why? Why? Why are you having to do that? And I said, because people don't know how to be kind anymore, Mum. That, as a few weeks later, I've actually realised that I was actually taught to be kind by my parents. Mm. They were the, you know, the kindest people I I know. Um, And so we do need to teach our children how to be kind. It's something that, yes, you can see it happening, but you feel it because it's a heart-to-heart communication. Why have we lost that, do you think? Because of the detached world that we live right. in, I think it is because of Facebook and Twitter and, and everything else. And you don't, if you're so busy being on your phone walking down the street, you have no concept or recognition of the people who are around you. And you, you're not aware of whether you're actually letting the door go in somebody's face mm. or whether you're, at, you know, it's just one of oh, those. Or the number of people that walk do. into you while they're texting. Yeah, you just so have a look where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And you're right about the door thing. I was brought up from a very young age. You hold the door open, not, not even just for, for women. If you, you just hold the door open if there's someone coming through. Mm. And, and, <clears> and people, people don't seem to do that, that small gesture yeah. anymore. And get up on the buses, yeah. you know, get yeah. up for somebody that's older than you on the mm. bus. Mm. Um, Someone in, got in up for me recently. Oh, gosh. I know, I'm 40. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I've got, I'm greying a little bit, and there's a little bit of a tummy. But I got on the bus, and these, these two girls, they must have been about 12, went, do you want They stood up, do you want to sit down, mister? I went, How kind. I went, yeah, I will, actually. Thank you How very kind. much. But it was very kind yes. of them. But I, I, Yes. But, but we yeah. don't do this anymore, yes. do we, Liz? No, and, and, no and we don't. Do you think that no. these, these subtle changes yeah. would have a bigger effect? Yes, yeah. I think it's going back to some old-fashioned things. One of the things that we're going to be doing there is having a, a card-crafting corner for children, to make cards of kindness. So, you know, that's a really old-fashioned thing. Um, And we're so busy, again, as we've said, in using social media, in using emails, that even that old-fashioned niceness of giving a card or sending a card has almost disappeared. Disappeared. I think it has disappeared. Although my, my, my boys do it and my, uh, my niece and nephew do it. Thank you cards. Thank you cards. Yes. Don't, yeah, you don't get And I used to you. hate it as a kid. I used to absolutely hate the Boxing Day or the 27th of December. Right, you're going to do your thank you cards. Oh, no. But now I can see that the joy it would have brought my grandparents and my, my aunts and uncles by sending that out. And it's yeah. just a little thoughtful thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, listen, I'm buying into this so far. I'm enjoying the sound of this. There's one thing I've got to pick you up on. Oh. Free hugs. 
Oh, I no. knew you would say no. <laughs> Free hugs, Jackie. <laughs> Who's giving them? Oh, we've got well. The day we are really lucky. The whole day is actually being um, run by volunteers, right. and it's amazing. The, the most people we've got who want to give free hugs are actually men. Not that way. Not that way. Yeah, but they are. It's a big thing that's going on around the world. You know, it's, it's, it has become a free hugs campaign. Right. And it's amazing how many people feel really alone in the world. Mm. And no, you don't run up to somebody and you know, squeeze them to death. Um, you actually have a sign that says free hugs, so people know that they can come to you for okay. a free hug. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly enough, it, it, it's catching. People love it, and they go away with that really feel-good factor. They, they feel good about they themselves. After. I'm not convinced. It's by connection. I like the you tree. Know, it's connection. I like the <laughs> kindness tree. I like the, I like the talks that you're going to give. I like yeah. the, the cards, the hugs. Oh, yeah. We'll give you a hug before we'll, we go. Yeah. Right. See how you like it. <laughs> Two yeah, very yeah. beautiful women. I'm not going to object to that. Uh, 08453 if you want to give us a call. Vanessa's in Oldbury. Uh, you may want to put your, your headphones on this because we've got a caller on this. If you uh, put those on, you should be able to hear Vanessa. Although saying that, this is the BBC, so who knows if they're going to work. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa, what would you like to say? Uh, it's a little tale about my dad from years ago. Go on then. He was a pensioner, and you know how some pensioners roam around with a bus pass from town to town? Yes. Well, he, he got on the bus one day and he went to Warsaw and he was roaming round and he had fish and chips for his lunch. Then he got on the bus again and he went to Great Bridge. And as he was walking along the shops, he passed this cafe that he knew that sold lovely pork sandwiches. <laughs> he wasn't hungry at all, but he couldn't resist yeah. having pork sandwich. So we went in and he said to the lady behind the counter, do you sell half a pork sandwich? And the lady said yes. So she'd done him his half a pork sandwich. He took it out, he walked up the road and he sat on a bench and he ate it. A few minutes later, a young girl with a baby in a pushchair came up to him and said, Excuse me, was you the gentleman who bought the half a pork sandwich? And he says, yes. She said, here you are, I've bought you the other half. Oh, <laughs> oh how sweet. He wasn't, he wasn't a bit hungry, but he couldn't tell the young girl that. And he always said, if ever he won the pools, he would find that young girl out and pay her back. And did, what a lovely story, and did he eat the rest of the pork sandwich? I think he took it home. Good for him. Good <laughs> for him. must have been stuffed. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you for that. It, it is things like that, isn't it? The, 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 the small things. It's not. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sure you're not saying like go out and spend ten thousand pounds and give it to a charity. Or you know, it is these small little gestures that I guess we can all do, can't we? Indeed. Yeah. It, it's it's just a natural natural thing to do. We've got another uh, call. We've got Ellie is on the line from uh, <coughs> West Bromwich. Morning, Ellie. Good morning. Good morning, Ellie. Oh, can I, may I ask, how old are you? I'm nine years old. Nine years old, mm. the youngest caller of the day. If I had a fanfare, I'd play it. I don't, so let's move on. What You've called in about um, kindness and doing nice things, have you? Yeah. I, when I go on the bus with my nan and my mum, I always give seats up. Oh, oh, that's lovely. You are a very polite young lady. And where did you learn to do that, Ellie? Where did that come from? Um... Mostly my nan and my mum because I normally go on the buses and they normally say, um, give the seats up or sometimes I just do it on my own to ladies that have got prams and that. And do do you feel nice inside when you do that, Ellie? Yeah, I feel like I'm happy because then I get to sit on the bus and they don't, and I'm helping them so they don't have to stand up. 
You see, Liz, we've we, we got people at Ellie. The, the future's pretty secure, isn't it? We need, mm. we need more Ellie's. We need we? more Ellie's. More Liz. We need yeah. more Ellie's. You should, you should be going along to this event as a speaker, Ellie. Please come along, Ellie. Do you do, any, do, you, do, do you do you think do you do you see other people that, that, that sitting down on buses, Ellie? That you think, oh, maybe that person should stand up, you know, because there's an elderly person coming on. Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing, isn't it? Listen, Ellie, it sounds like you've got your head screwed on the right way. Keep doing that, and you're going to grow up to be a, 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 a wonderful young woman. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. Take Thanks care. Thanks for joining us, Ta-ta. Ellie. Thanks, Ellie. There you go, you see. Wasn't she just adorable? Yeah. She was fabulous. If people want to find out about your event, ladies, where do they go? What do they do? www.kindnessbirmingham.co.uk OK, and, uh, and it's on November the 10th, uh, and there will be hugs aplenty for anybody that wants them. Hugs aplenty. What can I... Give me something to do today. What can I do today, Jackie? What can, give, give me just a little something I can do to make the world a better place. You can pledge to come along on the day and well, be bu- with us. I'm busy oh. on the 10th. Oh, how are you, you Apart from, I can pledge it would be a lie. <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't want to do that. That's not no. kind. Yeah. If you could just keep spreading the word for us, okay. that, that's one of the biggest things. Yeah. And people also people can make donations online um, if they're not able to actually come on the day. So they can make cash donations online. Uh, we've had some amazing generosity yeah. mm-hmm. from the people of Birmingham so far. Um, as Jackie said, we would like donations of non-perishable foods or toiletries, but cash, of course, uh, helps buy uh, food for the Basket Brigade. Uh, so you could do that. I that could would be fantastic. I can have a little look yeah. at that. Listen, it's so <laughs> nice to meet you. Jackie Lankeveney, Liz Keeney, uh, thank you so much for coming in. I thank wish you the very best of luck thank with, you. with uh, everything that's going on. Right, I think it's time we played a little trail, should we? We're just talking about how wonderful Ellie was. Wasn't she delightful? What an absolutely wonderful young lady. Uh, more kindness, please. You can give me a call for the rest of the show, 08453. Double O Double Nine Five Six. What kind things have you done, uh, and that you have seen? Uh, you can also send me a text eight one triple three. Start your text WM. We're going to continue talking today uh, about the uh, baby that was left uh, in a plastic bag uh, in a park. If you want to give us a call on that, oh eight four five three double O Double Nine Five Six is the uh, telephone number. Got lots of texts on this as well. Lots of texts. Um, what's worse? Uh, how do we know if it's a girl or a woman that left the baby? from Millie of Aston. We don't. Um, Lynn says, Ian, have you considered the fact that the baby may have been born to a young girl who told no one that she was pregnant and gave birth on her own? A terrifying thought. Please don't judge until the facts are known. We are painting with a very broad brush here this morning. We don't know the full facts to the the story. So it'll be interesting, won't it, to see what comes out of this. Uh, And before people start having a go at the mother, we need to know all of the facts of why she left the baby in the park. She needs support, not people phoning radio stations to criticise her. She may be, uh, may be either a schoolgirl and or afraid to tell her parents. Well, what do you think? Do you have any sympathy for the mum? Earlier on, I spoke to uh, Dr Nick Ross. He's a clinical uh, psychologist. Uh, not, not Rick Norris, that's it, sorry, that's <laughs> Nick Ross is somebody else, he used to cry much. Uh, Rick Norris, he's a clinical psychologist, and I asked him, did he have sympathy for the mum? I, I do, uh, and, and the reason I say that is that you know, women don't do this, Ian, unless they feel extremely uh, hopeless about life. You know, they, they have no hope, they are desperate, they are frightened, and they're, they're almost always quite young. Uh, inexperienced and with uh, very little family support 
or you know if they do have any family support they're very fearful and as i say they, they've often uh, kept the pregnancy away from parents friends relatives and they're extremely lonely and that's why they do such desperate things so what do you think Sympathy for the mum that did this? This has really divided your opinion this morning. I thought, in terms of calls, this would be a clear-cut phone-in. That everybody would phone in and say, no, no, no sympathy for her at all. What she did was despicable. We've had a lot of that. We've had a lot of that. We have had a lot of calls on the other side of the argument. People say, well, actually, we can't judge her. We don't know what she's going through. She's obviously not well. Yes, I have sympathy for this poor woman. What do you think? Normally, with something like this, I know what I think and I know what I feel. I'm not sure on this one. I can see both sides of the argument. 08453 Well, on last night's Drive Time show on BBC WM, Paul Franks spoke exclusively to Roger Wilday from Yardley. Roger is the chap who found the abandoned baby with his dog. Well, Paul started uh, by asking him how he first became aware of something suspicious. I went into some bushes and she wouldn't come back to me, which she normally does. So I went to have a look what was going on and sort of carry her back inside the bushes and it moved. I thought, no, what's that? Well, he then asked, was it because your dog started acting suspiciously that made you go and look? Well, she wouldn't come back when I called her, with, you know, which I said she normally does. So that made me go over to look. And um, I just thank God I did go and look. Paul then asked, and this is in a question that's been raised this morning, what was the baby dressed in when you found her? There was a small blanket, blue one, um, up to her waist, and then she was bare from her waist upwards. Does that change it? Bare from her waist upwards? Bare from her waist upwards. I wouldn't take my, you know, boys out in this weather bare from the waist upwards. They'd be wrapped up warm. Does that change things? It's so complicated, isn't it? When you're dealing with, with depression uh, and the human mind, it's so unpredictable. People, but th- th- I think maybe there's a generational gap when it comes to depression. That, that people above, let's say, 50 are of the pull-your-socks-up brigade. Uh, but people below 50 are like, well, actually, no, it's a medical problem. Let's, you, know, th- 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 you can act irrationally when you're depressed. Oh eight four five three double O double nine five six is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give us a call, I can see Adrian Goldberg is out there. He wants the newspapers. I've got them, boss. You can come and have them if you want. Sorry, look, new boy on the block. Come in and steal all your papers. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> it's quite all right. I don't mind. No, no, not at all. I'm sorry. I stole your newspapers. I've obviously broken etiquette. Not at all. Very nice to meet Normally you. Normally in the other studio. Yes. Okay. I know. I've, I've 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 got some in my bag as well. that I'm taking home with me. You can't have those. I won't. I won't try. I won't <laughs> mess with you. You're, you're, you're on at twelve, aren't you? Twelve o'clock. Early kickoff. Excellent stuff. Speak to you later on, Adrian. Thank you very much. Uh, John is in Pelsall. Morning, John. Oh, good morning. John, have you got sympathy for this mum? I've got every sympathy for her. Yes. Um, we should be very careful what we're saying because she might be listening to this programme and we want to build her up. You are absolutely correct. You're right. We should be... She could well be listening and we yes. don't want to do any more harm. I'll just Good point. the word. It's got it here. It says, but become kind to one another, tenderly compassionate, freely forgiving one another. That's taken from the Bible. Uh, I think the words of the Apostle Paul. It's taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Now, we, Jesus was kind to people, wasn't he? He was kind to people. If, got, if we, legend be believed, yes. Yes. Whether people believe it or not, I believe that. We've got to be kind to this woman. There's going to be, nothing's going to go, come around to be any good if we, we keep, keep condemning her. 
We wanted to be reunited with that child. Do we? Yes. But, even, even, uh, though she, even though she left the baby well, topless in a plastic bag in a park on a cold Thursday afternoon. People do not understand <laughs> mental illness. You get people who throw themselves off the top of blocks of flats. When you mind, I've, I've been that way, I've had to seek help. And I seek help from a man who helped me at an old people's home. I was visiting there, and uh, I was going through a terrible... And he, 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 he was a... a, a a medical, what do you call it, a nurse at St. Matthew's Hospital. Yep. And he told me to go to my eye doctors because I was going around the bend. I was saying things I shouldn't have done to people. I thought I'd done terrible things, things that I was ashamed of, you know what I mean? And I was in, I got so much guilt and all that, but I did find help, and I thank the medical people for that, you know? Okay. So... John, would you stay on the line for a second? Yeah. I, I'm going to get uh, El Sada on the line from Hansworth. Good morning, El Sada. Good morning. You've heard what John has said. He's got sympathy for the woman and says we shouldn't be judging her. Do you agree with that? Yes, we shouldn't be ju- not judge her because you know what? Sometimes it's because it's the relation what your child, children have with your parents. If you have a good relation with your parents, I don't see nothing you could do that bad that you couldn't come to your parents and you know, sit down and talk about it. Probably that girl don't have a relationship with their parents because God give your children and children is, your, is a blessing to you. And whatever your child do, it's your child. If you have a good relation with your daughter, she, once she get pregnant, she could come and sit down, although she probably feels shame and thing, but she could come down and sit down and talk with the parents. And then the parents, they will come together and have a decision. But that girl probably, she don't have a, that relationship with her parents, so she gets scared, she fear. And with my opinion, I, pray, I, I would, you know, pray to God that she could put it down on somebody's doorstep instead of carry it and put it in the bushes. Ah, but she didn't know, did she? She, she? she did put it in the bushes. Yeah, she, she should, you know, she should not put it in the bushes. Now listen, both of you, John and Osara, it's interesting you've both come on at the same time, isn't it? Because you were both uh, bringing, for the first time in this debate, uh, a, a kind of religious, Christian uh, perspective onto the argument. Yeah. Uh, and I would, let's go to you, John, first of all, that there is a chance, as we know, some people are turned off by religion. There is a chance that um, by uh, uh, talking about religion, we're actually scaring this poor mum away, aren't we? I don't, I, don't, I don't really think so. I mean, uh, what people can practice any religion or no religion they want. That's up to, up to them. But I'll just say it. It has helped me. Yep. But uh, I've also been helped, as I say, by the uh, the medical people. You know, uh, people like, um, well, like Dr. Nick Rod- Nor- Norris, who was on the program, you know. And thank God those people are there. As I've said before, mental illness, people have thrown themselves off blocks of flats, people have somebody threw themselves off the top of Lewis's once, didn't they? And you think, how could they do that? But you see, your mind, things can build up in your mind, and uh, conflict in your mind can be a terrible thing. You know, it might be the loss of somebody, or somebody rejected, or you can be very, very lonely in this world. Mm. I mean, years ago, as a youth, I used to walk around Birmingham, I ain't got a friend in the world, I just used to look in the shops, and I felt as though I was in a... (laughs) I felt ever so strange. But, thank God I got a good job. I was working in Wensby at the time, and at a good old firm, Edward Elwell, the Forge, Wensbury. And I've got friends there. But you see, a lot of people today, they haven't got that. No. And they're on their own. And uh, there's no... I mean, I wasn't really working for money. I used to be interested in people, you know, at work, and the, the characters I met, you know what I mean? John, let me just speak to Asada very quickly before we, we go to the travel. Asada, John suggested that we, we want this uh, parent and this baby to be reunited. Is that really what the best solution, do you think? Well, I, I think so, you know, if they could, because then she would realise what she'd done. 
you know, Robin, she do it out of despair. And as I say, she didn't have any really good relationship with her mother, neither her father, if they are, were alive, they are alive. You know, and you know what, again, God sent that man with that dog at that same time to rescue that child. Uh, John, Elsada, the, the, we'll, we'll leave it there. 08453 Have you got sympathy for the mum? And you're right, we, I think John makes a good point there. We have to be vaguely careful that she, she may well indeed be listening this morning. We don't want to cause her any more distress than she's almost definitely going through at the moment. So I think we've, we've kind of trod that line quite carefully uh, in a respectful sense. She, do you have sympathy for the mum? Should the, the child and the mother be reunited? Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six, and also if you've been uh, affected by postnatal uh, depression, I'd love to get your take on it this morning. We, we heard a, a gentleman talking about his wife, his ex-wife, who, who'd struggled with it. I'd love to speak to you if you are a mum uh, who really struggled with postnatal depression. Can you try and describe it to us? Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six, and also have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Morning, this is Ian Lee sitting in for Nick. Can I just say, by the way, thank you so much for making me feel welcome. I, I know what it's like as a fan of radio when you turn on and your normal radio presenter is not there. You go, oh, flipping it. Who's this muppet? Who's this plum? Where's Nick? Nick's off poorly, and you've you've uh, you've treated me very kindly this morning. I'm, uh, I know I'm tempting fate, and there's still another hour and fifteen minutes of the show, and I could yet, as I have done when I've sat in for Nick before, get a, a kick in the teeth from one of you. I'm big and bold enough to take it. So if you want to, you can. Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six. After eleven, I, mean, I need you to have a think about this. After eleven, we'll be talking uh, about Christmas shopping. I know. I know. It's already, it's already dis- uh, November. We're virtually there. Well, it turns out over 53% of, uh, of Brits have already bought a Christmas present and uh, almost uh, a quarter of Brits pre-order their Christmas dinner in advance. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? I bet if you... I, OK, I, 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 never make sweeping generalisations when you're doing a phone-in. I'm about to. Not one man listening to this this morning has finished his Christmas shopping. I guarantee it. If anybody's finished, it will be women. I guarantee it. 08453 if you want to have your say on that. I just know it. Men are the worst. I mean, it's a, it's a stereotypical cliche, and I'm normally quite good at it. But men are the worst. We, I haven't bought anything yet. 08453 But back to the subject of the baby found in the park uh, on Thursday. Um, Eunice is in Burntwood. Good morning, Eunice. Oh, good morning, Ian. Eunice, what, do, have you got sympathy for the mum? Yes, I have. Why? Um, in the respect, I've had two children. And whatever she did with that baby, if she did it personally herself, but she must be going through hell now mentally and physically because you have after you had a given birth you have lots of blood clots and everything coming away so i just feel very sorry for this girl or this lady can you are, are you a mum eunice yes i am can, what was it like when you gave birth did you very, did you suffer from postnatal depression at all no i didn't darling right. thank god but no the birth wasn't easy. My first one was a forceps delivery. The second one was a home delivery. But after you've given birth to a baby, yeah. you have very heavy bleeding. So somebody must know somewhere. This lady or this girl has got this very heavy bleeding. 
Eunice, thank you very much indeed. 08453 Jane's in Sutton Coalfield on this. Morning, Jane. Morning. Got sympathy for the mum? I have all the sympathy in the world. Go on. T- we, we, we've had lots of callers this morning who haven't. Tell them why you have. Nobody knows what state that mother's in. She could be dead. She could have bled to death if she had not medical help. I don't think she's got postnatal depression. She's probably got no support from her family. She's got nobody around her. And people are saying the father would know that she's pregnant. She might have been raped. She might be an abused person. Nobody really knows what that woman's been through. And I really, really sympathise with her. And I can't believe some of those people out there are so negative towards her. She needs building up. She needs confidence to go and speak and get help from somebody. I'm a mother myself. And I can't believe people are so negative towards her. Now, Jane, obviously you're getting very upset. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I just can't believe people are so nasty. Nobody knows what she's going through. Have, have you had something happen to you? No, I haven't. But I had family around me when I was my baby. Mm. I had the support from my husband, my mother, my father. All my friends and family. Yeah. Nobody knows what she's going through. She could be locked in a room on her own with no support, no love, no care. So please support this woman if she comes forward. Stop giving negative vibes to her. If she's listening to this programme, she's probably gone into hiding now because she feels that she's done something wrong. It is wrong what she's done, but she needs help and she, she, well, she, ha- she has done... We, we have to address the fact. She has done something wrong, hasn't she? Yeah, You're right. But we don't know what the we don't know why. In. She's got nowhere else probably to turn to. And regards the baby being left with just a blanket, she's probably got no money for anything else. We don't know what state she's in, where she's come from. That child should go back to her and try and bond with it. Putting it into care is not the answer. Because the trauma of children going into care, it could be worse than not knowing who her mother is. She needs to be looked after by society. We're quick enough to hand out money to people who are on the dole and need benefits for this, that and the other. But we're not there for people who really need well, help. The, th- the, thing is, the, help. the thing is, Jane, I think that, that uh, had she been able to ask for help, I, I think that society would have been there, wouldn't it? Yeah, but she probably doesn't know anywhere to go. You don't know how old she is. She's probably been thrown out by her parents because she's pregnant. Well, we're, she's making, rough. well, Jane, now listen, you've you, you just... Just, I'm going to say this as delicately as I can. You, you, we have been accused of making sweeping generalisations and saying things we don't know. You are also, in, with the greatest respect, jumping to a lot of conclusions. So we just have to be careful. Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, but we, we need. Yeah, we need to find out where she is and do. then sort her out. I think that has to be the priority. Can I ask why has this? This has obviously affected you significantly. Why do you think it's affected you so much? This story. Because I'm a mother. Yeah. And I love my child. I work with children. I know different scenarios where children get left, abused, all different things. And I just feel that we need to support her. Jane, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. I'm joined now by uh, Emma Borg, who is from the charity Acacia. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for coming on. What exactly is Acacia? What, what do you do and how do you help people? Acacia is a charity that started in Sutton Coalfield, uh, works across the whole of Birmingham now with mothers that are suffering with symptoms of anxiety and depression, either through their pregnancy or after the birth of a baby, and that can continue up to the first year or two after the baby's been born. So predominantly it's the mother that we focus on. Obviously the baby is a priority as well, but but mum's well-being. And what kind of help do you offer? 
a whole um, melee really of, um, uh, of of services we befriend that's our bread and butter of what we do we find that befriending a mum is uh, is the best type of therapy really it's the most effective we offer we can also offer some cognitive behavioural therapy, but just offering that listening ear so that mum can offload how she's feeling is a very powerful thing. And then we would then listen to what's going on for her and help her and sign poster to relevant agencies. We would do home visits for our most poorly mums. And just like the callers before, the ladies that were talking about the acts of kindness, we tie into that agenda really because a case should do offer acts of kindness so we do the things that maybe other people can't afford to do give the time the energy the practical hands-on help but most importantly we don't judge them and we come from a very sort of a position where it could be us it could have been us like that and for some of us it was very very poorly after having our babies to the point where we really didn't want to be here anymore but it is amazing when a woman recovers from that very awful depression because there is light at the end of the tunnel for women that are ill with depression. It is, it's a treatable illness. And that is the important message to, to get across, isn't it? Is that, that, that depression, for the most part, is treatable. Uh, and it can sometimes take a while, but in most cases, it, it, it can be treated. It's the one illness that I always say, when you suffer, you suffer very, very badly with it. Really badly. And you actually think, this is the end. But when recovery comes, it is amazing. Your life just, it's as though life is injected back into you and then you grasp life with both hands, which is why we set Acacia up, because of that reason. Is depression enough, though, Emma, um, to, uh, uh, on its own, to, to drive a mother to leave uh, a baby in a plastic bag in a bush? Absolutely. It really there, is. Yeah, there are levels of depression and, you know, there are... L- Thousands of women walking around with a low-level depression and they wouldn't even know it. They just don't feel themselves. Mm. But we go one deeper than that and deeper again. And then you throw anxiety into the pot and a newborn baby and no love because there's nobody around. You can become so severely depressed that you're out of your mind completely and you can then become psychotic, which is the next stage on. And when and then, then you aren't yourself at all. So we, we must not judge this lady. This lady needs quick, she needs swift help as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, and we and, and she, well, I can give you a telephone number. G- give, give, it, give it to us just before the end. So if anyone's listening who, who's, who wants to, to write it, go and get a pen and paper now. We'll give that in the next uh, uh, couple of minutes. We have had callers this morning, Emma, who, who don't have sympathy for this woman, who think it was, was a selfish act for her to, to do this, to abandon the baby like this. What would you say to those people? I'd say just check in with yourself again and have a think through your thoughts because actually you may be coming from a completely different position here. You know, it may well be that it's a position of ignorance around the illness, depression and anxiety. It may well be that something's happened to you in your life that's creating this anger and frustration around this this situation. But, you know, let's look at this. When When the evidence is out and when we know the full story, then maybe we're in a position to have a little few more thoughts around it but at the moment we have a baby that needs its mother and we have a mother that needs our help emma give, give us the details if people want to get in touch because because they're struggling at home how, how do they contact okay. you okay acacia has a website that's acacia.org.uk it has a telephone number which is 07 
0800-999-499. And if you want to email help at acacia.org.uk or the office number for Monday morning to put referrals in 0121-301-5990. Emma, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for, very much for coming on and uh, we'll, we'll see what reaction we get to uh, what you've had to say. Thank you very much. Emma Borg from the uh, charity Acacia. 08453 That's my telephone number this morning. I'd love you to give me a call. Um, have you got sympathy for this mother? And we are, we are making lots of assumptions here. I'm completely aware of this. Um, but we, I am assuming that it's a mum that's left this baby in a bag in, 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 um, uh, in a bush. Have you got sympathy? for that mum. Emma Borg there from the charity case says yes. Yes, when you're suffering from postnatal depression, you can do the what seem to be the most awful things. Logic, sanity, rational thought goes out of the window. I've been putting this out this morning and I can I can understand why you'd be reluctant to come on, but I really would like to uh, speak to somebody who has suffered from postnatal depression this morning because I think it will be important to educate uh, a lot of the callers that we've had and a lot of the listeners who don't get it who are at home scratching their heads going what she left a baby in a blooming bag for goodness sakes why should we have sympathy for her so if you have suffered, could you give me a call? 08453 009956. We'd love to talk to you. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text, WM. I've got loads of texts to get through. I'll try and crack through as many as I can. You can also send me an email, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. And I know it's a quantum leap, but there's no smooth way of doing it. But have you done all of your Christmas shopping yet? You strange, strange person. BBC WM 95.6 Teachers, you don't like it, get out of it. Pensioners who can't do anything to boost her income. Abduction? Uh, as far as I'm aware, she actually went willingly. Ian Lee, Saturdays. 9 till 12. BBC WM 95.6 Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC WM 95.6, sitting in for Nick. He's having the week off, I'm here until 12 o'clock. Then it's Adrian Goldberg, the legend that is, uh, will be coming in and doing his stuff. Lots to talk about in the last hour. Christmas shopping, have you started it yet? Have you done it? Some of you will have completed your Christmas shopping. That's ridiculous. Shame on you. Naughty. That's not right. I haven't started it yet. We're going to go small this Christmas, I think. Not too, not too many presents. No, please. It's nice and small. But have you started? What have you bought? And can we get someone who is brave enough this morning to give me a call and tell me, yes, I've, comple- I've completed my Christmas shopping, and shame on you if you haven't. 8133 is the text number. Start your text WM. You can email ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Or this is the best way to do it. I mean, so many of you called it, have called in this morning. Thank you. 08453. 009956 Call 08453 009956 Ian Lee on BBC WM 95.6 Now, uh, back to the, the story that really has um, dominated, well, BBC WM for the last couple of days and uh, it's on the front page of uh, some of the newspapers. Uh, the baby that was found uh, in a plastic bag in a park in a bush. Found by an old fella. He's walking his dog. And, um, 
see a plastic bag, what's it? Oh my goodness, it's a baby. Now, earlier on in the show, I spoke to a psychologist, um, a clinical psychologist, who, um, and I asked him, did he have sympathy for the mum? I I do, Uh, and and the reason I say that is that, you know, women don't do this, Ian, unless they feel extremely uh, hopeless about life. You know, they, they have no hope. They are desperate, they are frightened, and they're, they're almost always quite young, uh, inexperienced, and with uh, very little family support. Or, you know, if they do have any family support, they're very fearful. And as I say, they, they've often uh, kept the pregnancy away from parents, friends, relatives, and they're extremely lonely. And that's why they do such desperate things. So, sympathy. Have you got sympathy for this mum? I'm coming down on the side of, of yeah, I think I have, actually. I, 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 I've heard enough from the experts. Yeah, I know. Treat that word with caution. But I think I've heard enough for the ex- from the experts to think, actually, I, I probably do have sympathy. Yes, terrible thing that she did. Awful thing that she did. But how ill must that woman be? Um, who's been on the line the longest? Kim has. Kim in Solihull. Morning, Kim. Good morning, Sorry to keep you waiting. Have you got sympathy for the mum? I haven't. Oh. I really have. I've had to pull over. I've just been driving home, and I've had to pull over to stop to ring you. That most beautiful baby, it's gorgeous. How about all those mothers and fathers who would love to have that child, who can't have children? What about the future of the child? The mother can get over whatever she's done, how the child was conceived. I'm not interested, or for what reason, or whatever. I don't want to know that. She left that child. That child deserves to be safe, happy, comforted, and have a lovely home and love for the rest of its life. Yep. If the mother, when she gets better for whatever reason, wants to contact and, and say, well, yes, you want that child to be known as the baby that was left in the bush and the dog find it in a bag, I'm sorry. I am absolutely angry. What about all the children in this world who are not looked after, not cared for, don't love, I've got no time for, got no money for, for whatever reason. Please, please, let somebody, for God's sake, say, let that child go to a loving family who can give it what it wants and what it deserves and put what happened and how they found it behind that child. I just cannot believe how... She might not even known she was pregnant. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, she obviously couldn't turn to anybody. People are out there to help. She didn't want that. She could have took it to a hospital. She could have done anything, but she didn't. But Kim, she was, she, uh, and again, we're guessing, okay, but I would guess that she was confused. Yeah, She's ill. She that. might be in physical pain, that. mental pain. But please, that child didn't ask to be brought into the world let the child go on and have a loving family who can care for it, give it what it wants, love everything, and let the, knowing that child for the rest of its life is going to be happy. Kim, thank you very much for the call. Let's thank go to Kat. Kat, do you agree with Kim? Hello. Hello, Kat. Well, it's Pat. Oh, Pat, I do apologise. Uh, 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 um, uh, I know what it's like to want a baby. We was married eight years, longing for a baby. We tried lots and lots of things. And, of course, I was lucky. I was able to have a baby, 1970. 
The baby was like a medical baby. Wanted and wanted for many years of trying and longing for a baby. But this baby, what this programme is all about this morning, it's about the mother. It's a cry for help. She's desperate. And the way some of your listeners are putting their views across, and if she could listen to this programme, she's not going to turn for help. She's desperate. You don't know how minds work in that instant. She knew people went to that park with the dogs. There are people out there with families who do not support young girls. This young lady was so desperate, she'd got no one to turn to. You can hear today of teenagers that don't realise they're having a baby. I want this mother of this baby to get the help she needs. All these thoughts are negative. She's desperate. She's crying for help. And come on, young lady, you've just given birth to your beautiful baby. Shut your ears and go and get the help you need, young lady. That's all I'm going to say. It must be hard, Pat, for her to, if she wants that help, to, to go and ask for it. it the, the... Well, my prayer is this. Come and get the help you need. After you're given birth, you need help medically. Also, she must need help mentally. Yeah. She is not thinking straight. If you can hear me, you can phone me up. I don't even know your name, my love. I want to help you. Pat, I'm sure there are lots of other people that would like to uh, help the young um, mother as well. 08453 is the telephone number. And we've certainly mentioned uh, a couple of options on the air this morning. A case here we spoke to earlier on. I'm sure would uh, happily uh, speak to this young mum. And there are various other people as well. The Samaritans, the, the local hospital, the, all of these people would be willing to uh, to help in, in their own unique ways. Mo is in Tamworth. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, Ian. Well, what would you like to say? Well, I'd like... I'd, I, I, unfortunately, I haven't heard all your programme. Oh. I've not long got back. I've, um, oh so I've not I've tuned in about... I'll, I'll let you off this once. once. Pardon? I'll let you off just this once. Don't do it again. Okay. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it's about this situation with this, um, with, with this lady that's left the baby. Yeah. Um, I suffered from this a very long time ago. Only the once, thank goodness, but I've never forgotten it and the impact it had on my life. I am normally a well-rounded, rational, I think intelligent person, uh, but I felt desolate. I felt alone. I felt lonely. I had family. I had a husband. I had another child. I thought everything was pointless in life. Everyday worries um, and problems that we all cope with were blown completely out of proportion and felt like they were squashing me. I lost interest in everything except my baby. I did go through the routine and ritual of taking care of her. Uh, I felt my mind was weak. I felt completely out of touch with everything. 
And I can remember now that I envied people who laughed. If I saw someone laugh, I wanted to cry my eyes out because I couldn't do that. Nothing made me smile or laugh. And it lasted about three months, I think. But I wouldn't wish it on no one. Uh, and I how, did people, you, how did you get over it, Mo? Gradually. It was, I mean, there was no way um, I mentioned it to the doctor and he told me that, oh, it's, it's, it's a normal thing. Sometimes after you've had a baby, it will go away. Um, and I said, how long will it be before it goes away? And he said, oh, it could be weeks, it could be months. Um, but, but the very fact that he said it would go away was a help. Yeah, that gave that gave you a, a light at the end of the tunnel, which is uh, is an important thing, I think, when dealing with depression. Mo, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on and uh, telling us your story. Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six. We'll keep taking your calls uh, on this up until twelve o'clock. Coming up soon, though, Christmas. Christmas. I flipping love Christmas. I love it. I you cannot get Christmas carols and uh, Christmas decorations and, and stuff being sold in the shops early enough for me. I love it. Oh eight four. Five three double o double nine five six. It's a quarter past eleven. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC WM ninety five point six, sitting in for Nick Comrade here until twelve o'clock. Christmas. It's not that far off. I, I am genuinely very, very excited by the, the, the prospect of it. Where are we now? The 2nd of November was a few weeks ago. I love it. I love Christmas. Although, I'm not one of those, um, mm, do I say weirdos? Yes. One of those weirdos that has, has bought all of their Christmas presents. Some people have. Some people have done this. They have gone out or they have sat at their computers and they have bought Christmas presents. They've probably wrapped them and they're under the, under the stairs or at the top of the wardrobe. Have you done that yet? Oh eight four five three double o double nine five six. A few numbers, if you don't mind. Fifty three percent of us have already brought bought a Christmas present. Try to think if I have. I haven't. No, I haven't. Uh, more than a quarter of Brits start saving for Christmas before the month of September. Uh, almost a quarter of Brits pre-order their Christmas dinner in advance. And more than, last number for a moment, more than uh, three quarters of Brits shop for presents first in preparation for Christmas. Well, you you have to do that, don't you? Otherwise it's crazy. You know, I I did this once, and I vowed never again, the uh, shopping for stuff on Christmas Eve. Oh, man alive. Oxford Street in London on Christmas Eve. It was, it was the equivalent of hell. It was awful. Well, I'm joined now by Professor Isabel Schmiegen, lecturer at Birmingham Business School uh, um, and an expert on consumer behaviour and shopping. Good morning, Isabel. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? No, I haven't. It doesn't mean that I don't think that possibly starting your Christmas shopping is is such a bad thing, but I'm afraid I'm not quite that organised. What what kind are you? You you, you can't be um, a a Christmas Eve person because you are a woman. No. (laughs) And women are too sensible Um, for that. I think that you're right in, in that you're saying to, to a certain extent that, it, that there's a gender issue here. Um, I do think that the gender issue comes about from the fact that, it, you know, whether we like it or not, women are doing a lot of the organising around Christmas. So it's not that they're just responsible for their presence. They're often responsible for many other things like, you know, getting the house organised and the food and so on. So I think that the, the reason that we see these figures is actually probably a couple of things. One is what I'd call this organisational aspect of it. And the other thing I think that we ought to bear in mind is that people are trying to spread uh, the cost of, 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 of Christmas over a period of time. Um, and I think that, 
that has an impact, and that's probably what we're seeing with these figures mm. that you've, you've quoted. But spreading the cost, the, the simple thing to do is to spend less at Christmas, and yet none of us will. I, I always buy too much food, a load of it gets chucked away. I always buy too many presents, and, and they kind of get lost. Why do we find it so hard to, to just cut back on what we're spending? The other aspect of Christmas is that it's a time of celebration. Um, we don't, we don't in Britain, we don't have that many celebratory events. Christmas is very important to us. You know, it's a time when, uh, you know, the days are getting shorter. It's colder. We're looking for something to make our lives, you know, feel a bit better. And and celebrations traditionally mean, you know, a, a degree of overspending, overindulging. Mm. I agree that, you know, as canny shoppers, we we probably want to be a little bit um, cleverer with the amount of food we buy i mean i i hate it when after christmas when you're sort of throwing food away mm. but i think that's part of you know it's one time of the year when we can be a little bit indulgent and i think that's what happens to people uh, that's not to say that for lots of people it isn't you know quite tough and that they and they will be looking to you know sort of buy some things now there are lots of special offers in the in the supermarkets they'll be buying some stuff now so that they can spread the cost I was hearing uh, um, uh, either today or yesterday on, on the news somewhere that a significant number of people are going to be going to payday loan places to pay for Christmas. That's got to be one of the worst ideas, hasn't it? Well, I've, I mean, I feel incredibly strongly about the, pay, the whole payday loan situation. However, I also recognise that the, the monks of the very, you know, cash-strapped uh, amongst us, they still have the need to, and the desire to have to celebrate Christmas. Mm. And if that is the only way, then that's what they're going to do. What I would like to see is, you know, what the government has been, you know, trying to do uh, and people in, 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 to, to actually sort of manage the whole sort of payday loan thing. I mean, I would, I would really hope that people can sort of find other ways to do it because it's a terrible thing that after Christmas you're going to be left with debt that you really shouldn't have. But, um, you know, people want to be able to have a time of joy with their families and to, to be able to sort of spend money on their children. It's very, very difficult that, I, I agree. If I remember correctly, last year, the last couple of years, Christmas in terms of, of uh, for shops, uh, their numbers were down a lot and everyone sort of waited till the New Year's sale. Is that the best way to do it? Maybe do Christmas two weeks later? I think that what we've got at the moment is is a lot of shops, um, you know, looking to get people in. Uh, there's all kinds of different factors that, that, you know, make people shop at different times. We know, for example, that the weather is, is a major factor. You know, if it's not very cold, people don't go out and buy coats and boots and so on. So I think that, that what... Um, I, w- I would recommend to most people is really look around from week to week at which shops are having, you know, discounts, bargains, those kinds of things, and, and carefully ch- choose the time you're going to shop. Now, some of that will be before Christmas. I mean, we've had in the past, we've had some of the, the major retailers, you know, having these one days, Fridays or Mondays or whatever, where they're, you know, heavily discounting items. Look out for those, you know, listen to, to the radio, look in your local newspapers to see when these things are happening. And just try not to kind of overspend when you when you see these, but but you know sort of try to look for the opportunities to save a little bit of money where you can. Surely the best way to save money, and this is how I've done my Christmas, and I, I am partly responsible for the death of the high street. It, it, everything's cheaper online. Just do it all online, and then it gets sent to your front door. Well, I, I agree with you in as much as that those of us who are able to, you know, because there is a sort of that, that, that factor to it, you have to be on the internet, uh, you have to be, you know, have the credit cards or, or debit cards to be able to do it. Um, and and the, 
also there are lots of offers online too. Um, I think that we have to we have to realise that you know the high street is suffering. The only thing that I would say is that there are still plenty of little kind of niche shops um, around where there are things that you might find that you're not necessarily going to find online. So um, again, I think I think people really sort of need to sort of sit back, think about you know who they're buying for, and then look at the best place to um, you know to find the things that they want. Uh, Professor Isabel Schmigan, I appreciate your time this morning. Lecturer at Birmingham Business School, University of Birmingham. Oh, are we the Will this be the first show on BBC WM to play a bit of a Christmas song? Shall we? Oh, well, then let's do it. I think, I think that may officially be the first Christmas song spotted on British radio. I think I may be responsible for that. I can only apologise. I'm not going to apologise. I love it. I love it. Another person who loves it as well is um, uh, Andy Park. Mr Christmas. Good morning, Mr Christmas. Good morning and a very Merry Christmas to you all. In Birmingham, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're in Birmingham, yes. Now, you're nuts, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm crackers, but not nuts. But I'm dumped. <laughs> you celebrate Christmas every single day. Why? I do. I tell you, I've loved Christmas for, well, I loved Christmas as a kid. And ever since then, I've, I've sort of, uh, well, I still loved it. And in 1993, I decided to start celebrating Christmas every single day of the year. But but one of the... I, I remember being a kid and uh, saying to my mum, why can't we have Christmas every day? Oh, you wouldn't appreciate it if you had it every day. And well, you can't appreciate it, can you, Andy? <laughs> no, well, I will tell you, it's quite an expensive thing. It means me buying me presents for myself every day and I open them the next day. Christmas food, drink, all through the year. There's decorations. I got the tree up all year Hang round. Hang a second. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you having a Christmas dinner every single day of the year? Every single day. And uh, I've just been out to buy two turkeys for today and tomorrow. So my Christmas dinner will be ready about 10 to 3 today. And just sit down, really, and watch the Queen's speech on DVD and... Do, do everything Christmas, I uh, do everything today, what you would do Christmas Day. And it's lovely, it really is. I think, you know, you, you know I'm, I'm going to try and entice all your listeners to do the same. You will really enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things I want to say, and I'm just working out what I can get away with. Right, okay. Uh, so, do, does anybody else share this with you, Andy? Have you got, have you got a, a partner that shares this with you, or, or family, or friends, or is it just oh. you? I've got lots of family and I've got lots of friends and neighbours and they, they know that I celebrate Christmas every day. But the thing is, um, you know, I, I mainly do it on myself. I've got a lady friend here and there, you know, and uh, I, I just love to invite them in. If the neighbours see me having Christmas Day, I'll say, come on, you know, have a mince pie, pull a cracker, let's, mm. let's have um, a bit of Christmas cake together or whatever, and sometimes give presents away and always give a card. I tell you what, I, tell you what, I really fancy some uh, roast potatoes now. Some roast potatoes and parsnips <laughs> will go down a treat. Are you, are you have a, what does your Christmas dinner entail, Andy? What are you having today? Well, I have a full Christmas uh, spread of sprouts, carrots, uh, obviously turkey, lovely thick gravy, and all the trimmings, a uh, glass of champagne and a uh, glass of sherry as well. And um, it's, it's every day. How it's can you day. afford this, Andy? Well, I'm, I'm very successful in the record business, and I make records, and I make quite a lot of money for them. You know, perhaps one day you you know you want, might want to look at my website, mrchristmas.co.uk, and okay. see what I've got there. And that's how I that's how I earn all my money. Okay, fantastic. And what and what's, what have you got yourself for Christmas this year? Uh, you mean today? Yes. Um, bought myself a lovely designer shirt. Bought a gold bracelet as well. And tomorrow. Um, I'm thinking of really going mad. I just bought myself a Mercedes car, and um, that's the best present. That's the best present I've had for a long time. But uh, I just keep on going. You know, I spent about half a million quid on Christmas so far. 
I don't know if I think you're brilliant or uh, I don't know what I think Andy this is the most confusing call I've ever had do you do you have Christmas decorations outside your house I, now, that's one thing I don't do, because Good. the weather seems to deteriorate. Yeah. But I've got a lovely lot of Christmas decorations inside the house all year round. Yeah. And, uh, and when people, when you, you say, you mention your lady friends, when you bring a lady friend home, or, 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 or the, someone comes in to read the gas meter, or whatever it is, yeah. what I've do got, they I've say? I've got a lot explaining to do. I bet. Um, but, you know, you know they, they knew who I am, because I'm quite well known as Mr. Christmas. Yeah. The, from Melksham in Wiltshire, and all that stuff. And uh, I just explain what I do, and give them a Christmas card and they're thrilled to meet me and uh, I've always been genuine you know quite generous to them and give them a glass of sherry and a mince pie and all that stuff they love coming to see me where do you get mince pies in the middle of July do you know I get them made for me specially um, I can buy them up till about well end of January normally but then it gets hard to get it even gets hard to get fresh sprouts then but uh, I, I just buy frozen sprouts but the mince pies yeah I get them made from a lady in Trowbridge in Wiltshire yeah. uh, um, she does a brilliant job um, I and uh, I just carry on through the year, and by the time November comes, you can start buying mince pies again. Beautiful. And what do you do on Christmas Day? Do you have that day off and just treat it like a normal day? No, I tell you what, I love, I love the real Christmas Do you day have, like, a double Christmas? Do you go super large on Christmas Day? <laughs> no, not really. I'm, I'm just happy to be with my family and friends and seeing them celebrate Christmas with me for at least just one day a year. But of course, Boxing Day comes... It's all back to normal again. Oh, you know, having Christmas Day on my own again. But uh, perhaps you should come down one day and do the show from my house. I, I think I'm busy then, but, <laughs> I, but, but thanks. Well, finally, uh, Andy, what's the best Christmas Day film of all time? Um, I, I think it's um, a, a Wonderful Life or basically, you know, The Santa Claus. I think that's the two, the two films that I, I really do remember. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, The Magnificent Seven, that's always on. That's always a great It's film. the Italian job for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Italian <laughs> job. My, my Christmas film. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. How about The Great Escape? Do you remember that? Yeah, the, yeah, The Great Escape will do. Steve McQueen, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you tend to see the same uh, films all over Christmas. I bet but, you do. Uh, they're, they're spectacular films, you know, they're lo- lovely to watch. Now, Andy, listen, uh, you, you, you're a good sport, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to play the second Christmas uh, song of uh, of the year so far, and you've chosen it. Which one have you chosen? Um, I, I'd probably go for The Slate, Here It Is, Merry Christmas. Or, um, M- I wish it could be Christmas every day, or Shaken Stevens. V- let's, um, let's stop on I wish it could be Christmas every Let's stop on Roy Wood. Is that Roy Wood you said? Yeah, I love Roy Wood. Yeah, Beautiful. Thank you, Andy. Mr. Christmas there. Absolutely bonkers, wasn't he? Wonderful for it. Well, there you go. That's probably the last Christmas sh- song you'll hear on BBC WM for a couple of weeks at least. When do that? Have the shops. Uh, sorry, I'm munching a carrot. How rude. Have the shops started playing them yet? Quite often, those pound shops uh, of the various kinds, they're the first ones to play Christmas music, aren't they? And I love it. I do genuinely love it. I couldn't do Christmas every single day, though. Although, after listening to that, come on, who, who fancies some roast potatoes? Some sprouts? Yorkshire pudding. <sighs> You, a bit of cranberry sauce, yes, please. 08-453-00956 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call uh, about that. Brian is in Erdington. Brian, what have you called about? Well, with reference to Birmingham, this 
this fantastic library oh, we've got, yeah, 92 the, million well, pounds. Let me just say, for those who, who missed it, the New York magazine has advised its readers to go to Birmingham instead of London, and last year the New York Times declared Birmingham was no longer simply flyover city. And we're listing all the great things that Birmingham's got, the Balti Triangle, the Birmingham Royal Ballery, uh, uh, Ballet, and of course this, this wonderful library, which I think is the biggest library in Europe, isn't it? Well, let me tell you then. Apparently, my local library cannot get anything from the major library till next year because they're very, very busy. Now, why didn't they organise this when they first, before they opened the Ruddy Library? So, hang on, what's, what's happened? Say this again. Your local library is, is my struggling. My local library, I've been trying to get a score for, uh, for, for a musical. Yeah. And they've been told from head office from Birmingham they'll get nothing till next year. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say is, uh, and also, I've tried to get in touch with Birmingham. Apparently, someone's got this particular score on hire at the moment. Yes. And it will go back to Birmingham. Right. But I can't get in touch with Birmingham Library to, to find out. If I go all over to Birmingham, find it's not there, it, it's a wasted journey. Can you, have you got the internet? No, I haven't. Uh, Has your local library got the internet? Yes. Right. Go to your local library. Yes. And contact uh, the Birmingham, the big Birmingham Library via the internet. And yes. you could request it that way. That might be a way around it. But they won't send anything out, apparently. They, 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 even the, the local libraries cannot get anything till the end of January because they're so busy with, yeah. with, with, with uh, sorting their books out. What, what uh, musical score is it you're after? Love Never Dies. It's a sequel from uh, um, the, the, the Phantom. The Phantom. Per- perfecting one particular number in there. And I just I perfected the number... But I haven't got I haven't got the music. If, if you know what I mean. So you've been doing it by ear. Yes. Are you a pianist? No, I, I sing. Oh, you sing. Do you, do you, can you give us a little blast now, Brian? Yes. What do you want me to sing? Well, let's have a bit of "Love Never Dies" from from "Love Never Dies." Uh, <coughs> what about bringing him out like this? Be- beautiful. Why not? Right. God on high, hear my prayer in my need. You have always been there. He's young, he's afraid. Let him be, let him live. If I die, let me die. Let him live. Bring him home, bring him home, bring him well, I am, I am speechless and after that. I'm 75. That. Yeah, I can tell. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that really, that, you've got a very unique voice. Yeah. Do, do, do you sing, you have a little cough? I used to be in Sudden Roll Opera until I closed down. I've done, I've done The X Factor twice, and wow. I've done British Talent also. Right, okay. Did, did you, did you, how far did you get on The X Factor? You didn't win it, did you? No, no. I didn't get in, I didn't just say Mr. Kell, no. Oh, no, no. Well, listen, l- l- right, well, Brian, I, now I'm, I'm, I'm angry. Your, your library should get that music. Well, I'm angry as well you have a talent, you have a gift from God, and you should be able to use it. I know, yeah. By the way, you can down- if you go. Th- 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 I've just been told by my team that while you were singing that song, they've managed to download the score from the internet. So, so possibly what you could do is again, if you went to your local library, perhaps you could ask someone who worked there to help you download the score and print it off. I see. That yeah. that might be a way around it, and that would be pretty cri- pretty good. Cri- but it would take five minutes. So, so if I went to my library and asked them to download the score, yeah, 
Yeah. If you said, look, can you help me? Are you very good with computers, Brian? No, I'm no. not. Okay. Uh, yeah. The artistic people often aren't. Okay. <laughs> what you need to do is you go to the library and say, look, I, 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 I can download this score off the internet, but I don't know how to do it. Yes. Would you show me? And then would you show me how to print it? And I'm sure, if they're not too busy, I'm sure they'd be delighted to help you. That's a lovely uh, And you could then, what you could then do is maybe do a little impromptu performance in the library. Yes. Well, well listen, I was in, I was in Godard not so long ago. I did it, I did it to, uh, I, I sang in, 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 in the hospital. Yeah. And I also, but they love with it. what they've done for me, I'm, I'm doing some uh, uh, volunteer work now. Good. Brian, listen, it's lovely to talk to you. I really hope you sort that out, because, uh, Brian, if you go, Brian, if you, if you stay on the line, what we'll do is uh, you can speak to our production team and they might be able to help you a little bit there, which is the kind, the kind of thing we do here. You guys are nice. Wasn't that great? He's in his 70s and he gave it everything he had. Wonderful. Do you know what? I don't like people who can sing or play instruments, only because, only because I'm really jealous. I'm sure all of us working on this show this morning have at some point in our life realised we can't sing. And when you realise it, when you, you actually go, do you know what? No, I haven't got a good singing voice. It's a real disappointing thing. It's a real, it's a real low point in the life. Right, last 20 minutes of the show. Let's have a quick round-up of the things we've been talking about. We've been selling Birmingham. Birmingham is apparently big business in New York City in the United States. Do you agree? Do you agree with the New York Times that uh, uh, Birmingham is no longer simply flyover city, but a big shouldered, friendly and fun place? Or, as a couple of our callers who live in Birmingham have said, no, 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 they've got it all wrong. The buses are awful, there's nothing to see. 08453 No one has called in to say that they've done all their Christmas shopping yet, which is good. It means you're all sensible people. You can do if you want. Uh, and also, the, the, the story that was, was really... Um, well, we've had tears and we've had shouted, raised voices this morning on this. The, the incredible story of um, a gentleman walking his dog Thursday in a park in Birmingham. The dog goes over, over to a bush, has a little sniff, then lies down, won't move. So the dog's owner goes over and has a look and sees uh, what happens, sees um, what's going on. And it turns out he finds a baby, well, he finds a baby uh, in a plastic bag in a bush. On last night's Drive Time show um, on BBC WM, Paul Franks spoke exclusively to Roger Wilday from Yardley. Roger is the gentleman who found the abandoned baby. And Paul started by asking him how he first became aware that there was something suspicious. Well, it was an interesting story, and uh, Roger spoke eloquently about what had happened, and this is what he had to say. Jay went into some bushes, and she wouldn't come back to me, which she normally does. So I went to have a look what was going on, and sort of carry her back inside the bushes, and it moved, and I thought, no, what's that? Well, he then asked, was it because your dog started acting suspiciously that made you go and look? There was a small blanket, blue one, um, up to her waist, and then she was bare from her waist upwards. Paul Franks asked, uh, well, you heard that the baby was, was bare from the waist upwards. So what do you think? Have you got sympathy for the, 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 the baby's mum? I'm coming down on the side of yes. What she did was awful and shocking and, uh... But I've come down on the side of thinking, actually, she's obviously got me a lot of pain. Um, 08453 We'll speak to Mohammed about Mr Christmas after this. 
call 08453 00 Ian Lee on BBC WM 95.6 Mohammed, you heard Mr. Christmas who is on. He celebrates Christmas every single day of the year. He's having Christmas dinner today. He had it yesterday. He's going to have it tomorrow. He sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, he's got more money than Brian's. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, come on. Who, who wants to who'd celebrate anything? Who celebrates everything every day of the week? But it's nice. It's nice. Christmas is fun, isn't it? Do you enjoy Christmas? Well, I don't celebrate it now because I'm a Muslim now, but okay. even when I was um, non-Muslim, no, I didn't like Christmas Why? at all. I hated it. Like, you know. Why not? Um, too many hypocrites around. And, you know, even when I used to drink, like, you know, you go to a pub around about Christmas time, you can't get into the local bars where you used to drink. Oh, you don't like, want to go you know, to a pub at Christmas. Because all the people who go out at Christmas never use the pubs in the in the year round, like, you know, and you can't get in. This, but, that seat's taken. That but, Mohammed, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's nice because there's good food. You get good food at home. Yeah. Good programmes on the telly. You your family, you your, can afford it. Your family get together. You spend time with your family. Yeah, but you get good food if people can afford it. There's a lot of people out there who of can't course. even afford Christmas. Right. They well, do it every day. Forget the forget the, the the affording Christmas. You get the the closeness, the spiritual bonding of being with your family and people that you love. No, I don't agree with it. You don't no. agree with being with people that you love. Well, I don't have any family anyway. Oh. Just, well, I do have family, but uh, we don't. But talk. we we can't begrudge Mister Christmas for for celebrating every day. Just surely, you know, it's a it wonderful doesn't thing. Doesn't make any sense. Wow, it doesn't mm. make any sense to me whatsoever. How, how do you want to celebrate Christmas every day? Why? Who, who wants to sit down on turkey every day of the week? Wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh, when the band start... Come on, come on, sing with me, Mohammed. I wish it could be... Sing with me. Sing a bit of Roy Wood. No, I'll sing Birmingham City song for you when I go down there today. Well, then, thank you very much for that. Um, can I just say, what a wonderful team we have here at BBC uh, at WM. They have sent the score of that song to Brian. Well done, you. Good work. You see... You see, it's all wonderful. We've got, we're being kind. The Christmas spirit. This show is very uplifting. I think it's uh, a quarter to twelve, or then it's about. Let's get the latest travel now. Here's Liz. Liz, yes. What's your problem with Christmas? I don't celebrate it. Why? Because I'm Jewish. Yeah, but you can, cele- cele- you can still enjoy Hanukkah. it. Yeah, you can still enjoy Christmas Day, miserable Eastenders, presents, hanging out with friends and stuff. Well, no, because I work, so the people oh. who do celebrate Christmas can be with their families. Cause, well, that's you know, that's Christmas a should, yeah, that that's what Christmas is about. It's not about presents, especially, or all this nauseating commercialism. Oh. It's just being with your family and being a bit reverent. You're right. So. It, you're right. It is. It is all about that. But presents are also brilliant, aren't they? Oh uh, yeah. They are. Although I've got Hanukkah before that. That's the end of this month, so you, I'm all geared up for that. Do you get presents for Hanukkah? You do. You get one present every night for eight nights. Oh, that's not bad going. Because it's a festival of light. Liz, thank you very much. This is Ian Lee on BBC WN, sitting in for Nick Conrad, here until 12. Then at 12, Adrian Goldberg comes in and takes over. Morning, Adrian. And I'm sitting in today for Daz Hale, normally does the early kick-off, a fantastic job between 12 and 2. I don't know. What's going on with these slackers? I have no idea, but knowing Daz, he'll be down the Molyneux this afternoon, uh, Wolves playing Stevenage. I'll be off down the Albion a little bit later on for the game against Crystal Palace. And it's a game against Crystal Palace that really resonates in my 
my mind. One of the most important goals in my club's history that I ever saw was the goal scored by Bob Taylor, who scored uh, the winning goal against Palace. It was a 2-0 victory back in 2002. And at that point, Albion hadn't been in the top flight since about 1985. So there we go. It was a 20-odd year. I have to say, you're speaking a foreign language to me. What, football? Yeah, I'm not a football... You're yeah. joking. No, I know. Look, you actually recoiled with disgust then. I'm well, not, I, I, I'm not I'm a football I man. might get out and go, get up and leave the room at this point. <laughs> I'm sat here nodding and grinning. I haven't got a clue <laughs> what you are talking about, Adrian. I'm so sorry. Let me tell you, that was the goal by Bob Taylor. Yeah. One of the... Not only one of the most important goals ever scored in the history of West Bromwich Albion, one of the greatest days of my life. You could have been sitting there, couldn't you? You'd have been stroking your chin. Well, it's interesting. Well, I've been to see one football match. I went to see Luton versus Millwall last year, this year. Oh, if you're going to choose a game to go to, that's the one, <laughs> quite clearly, isn't it? I've seen one, I don't need to see any more, I know what happens. Yeah, last 90 minutes, 22 blokes kick a ball around. Yeah, the that's pretty much yeah, it. you've got it. Yes. What's coming up on the show today, then? So we're going to talk about the most important goal that you have ever seen scored by your team. Right. And also, see the uh, England goalkeeper, Joe Hart, has been dropped by Man City today. Now, I know that uh, across the West Midlands, fans will be reminiscing about this, the best and the worst worst goalkeeper ever to play for your team. There'll be Ooh. so many nominations for that. Excellent. So get the calls in 08453 or at WM Early Kickoff on Twitter. Adrian, excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, I apologise for not being a proper bloke. I don't, get, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why, why are oh, they... I'll take you down the Albion this afternoon. Come on. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adrian. If you want to give, us, uh, give him or me a call, I'm here for another 10... Oh, look at it. It's 10 to 12 already. This morning has flown by. 08453 On the subject of the baby in the plastic bag. Baby Jade. Let's know, she's got a name now. Baby Jade. Dave's in Sutton. Morning, Dave. Yes, good morning, yeah. Dave, Hi. have you got sympathy for the mum? Uh, yes, I have. I mean, we, we're all speculating as to her condition and everything else, but uh, there is one extremely important uh, part of this whole story that's been completely overlooked. Go on. And that's the dog herself. Um, it, I believe it was very fortunate that it was a fairly elderly female dog that found the bag. Had it been a, a puppy, and particularly a male, I mean, the female dog will have maternal instincts anyway. A, a young puppy or a male, slightly more aggressive dog, could well, well, we could be reporting an entirely different outcome. Yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have had, uh, yes, and, and someone alluded to that earlier on, we have had people saying, well, she left, the, the, the baby was left in a public place where the mum knew that people would, would, would find it or a dog would find it, but you're right. Had it been uh, a, a different dog, it, this whole event could be even more tragic than it is already. Should we, when, if we find the mum, if she comes out, and, and she will be found at some point, and I hope she's well, and, and that uh, she, is, uh, she receives the care she needs, should she be reunited with the baby, do you think, Dave? Well, obviously, it's, it's going to be a while before that's considered. Uh, her help, I think, is, is vital, and, and reasons and everything else has to be, look, mm. be looked into. So that, that's to be decided by people. Dave, just going off on a, on a tangent, I hope it's not too inappropriate. You sound like a sensible bloke. I bet you haven't done any of your Christmas shopping yet, have you? Uh, not for next year, no. Have you done this year's? <laughs> no. Good. <laughs> I've got a couple of bits, but... Uh, Have you? Not. Already? Uh, well, you, you spot things that you know people like. I mean, things like scented candles when they're off, and things like that, you know. <laughs> Dave, listen, I appreciate it's your time this morning. back the cupboard for <laughs> so and so. Well, exactly. Well done, you. Thank you very much. Dave in Sutton, 08453 uh, 00956. I'm surprised that he's, uh, 
He's bought a couple of things already. Scented candles. Always a nice, always a nice gift. I, I, I always buy scent. I, I've often bought scented candles for people, but, uh, and received them myself, but does anyone actually use them? Has anyone used them? I'm not totally sure. Uh, you can give me a call about that or about uh, any of the things we're talking about this morning. Uh, let's do some of these uh, texts. I've had so many texts this morning, I've not had a chance to get through some. Lots of texts about the, um, I don't know what this text about. Jay says, I can't see the point of Londoners. They're all stuck-up swines. Keep them down south. We don't want them in the black country. Is he talking about me? Is that a reference to me? Technically, I'm not a Londoner. I'm from Slough. I know. I know. Um, on the subject of the, uh, the baby, baby Jade that's been found, how can you not have sympathy with the poor mother, says Lisa from Sutton. She's probably scared to death. She's in need of help, not criticism. Uh, Nat says, all mums know, when you have a baby, a midwife comes to your house for the next week to do checks. So if a midwife hasn't reported, she can't get hold of a mother to see her and her baby, then maybe the pregnancy was a secret. I feel she could have left the baby on a doorstep or something if she didn't want her. Glad the baby as well. 08453 00956. Last five minutes of the show. Who's going to be the last caller of uh, the show? Um, Sympathy for the mum? I think I started off being uh, unsure and indifferent. Now, yes, I think I've listened to enough of your points and uh, enough of the guests that we've had. And yes, I do have sympathy for the mum. I do feel sorry for her. What she did was awful and was terrible. But I think when you're dealing with a, a, a mental illness and postnatal depression is a mental illness... All rationality and all logic and all sense of following the established normal rules of society are gone. They're gone. So, yeah, what she did was awful, but I, I do feel really, really sorry for her. 08453 What do you think? Do you agree? I think it's, it's, it's a tough person, a cold person, who doesn't feel some sort of sympathy for her. And yet we've had lots of you saying that this morning. So I've got no sympathy for her at all. What she did was awful. You don't leave a baby like that in a plastic bag. Um, old timer says on the text, what if the baby was left for someone to pick up? Ominous, perhaps, but would explain the lack of clothing. What? I don't quite follow your logic. Old timer. Give, give me a call and explain that. Oh, wait, 453 00 Uh Stu in Birmingham, we had um, uh, the gentleman on who was singing. Singer Maya, oh, he's not sure. He's not sure. Sorry, I, I should have read that before. See, singer, I'm not sure, is, is what he means by that, I think. Um, oh, ba- now, Barry, oh, for goodness sakes, I wouldn't like him as my alarm clock. I thought... The gentleman who phoned up and did some singing, I thought he was, he was cracking. It was, it was a very unique distinct voice um what um what happened to, to praise for birmingham um hi nick i'm listening to you from tenerife wow must be a bad line i'm in but never mind never mind i too experienced the exact symptoms of your last call after the birth of my baby this is the caller who was talking about uh, postnatal depression particularly the envy of people looking happy when i could not ever see me laughing again in my life and i am a man um, and one more of these before we go to Muriel on the phone. That baby may have been a product of uh, abuse. That's why she may have done that, says uh, says Bob. Muriel, uh, uh, in ACOS Green. More, uh, good morning, Muriel. Good morning. Um, number one, yes. uh, the gentleman that came on and sang for the uh, take, Bring Him Home. The singer. What did you oh, reckon? I, I just... 
I was just overawed by it, you know. Very powerful Ow. voice. I went and... How did you go? Gareth Malone needs singers like him and his choir. But how did you go when you heard it, Muriel? Wow. Wow. I, I think we all said wow. Just amazing. You may not have well said done that. that show. Now, the baby. Yes. I am totally baffled because I was reading a small article in the paper this morning alongside the f- a photograph of the baby. Yeah. And it seems the umbilical cord was st- still attached. So I'm just tearing my hair out, wondering what on earth is going on. I hadn't read that. I didn't know if that was the case or not, yes. that the umbilical cord was still attached to yes, the baby. according to the paper, the umbilical cord is st- was still attached to the baby. Well, if that's the case, that suddenly becomes an even more serious and concerning exactly. medical issue. Point. And I'm... I can't imagine the condition the poor mother must be in. Yeah. And it's so dangerous, the situation. What's going on? You know, surely, is the poor mother still alive? That's my big question. You're listen, we're going to move on, because I just, I just want to squeeze in Janet. Thank you very much. This is a story that's going to go on for a while. And uh, if the mum is listening, go and get some help, for goodness sakes. Go and get some help, medical, uh, physical and mental, because you, you can't be in any fit state at the moment. Janet's on the line. Good morning, Janet. Hello, Janet. Hello. Hello, my love. Hello, my darling. You are right, my dear? I think that there's somebody there who's, uh, who's with her, had the baby, she's handed the baby over, they've done a runner, they've put it in the park quick, they've gone back to her, and it's all been covered up. Go I think it's a cover-up job. Go through that again. What's happened? I think that somebody's been with us, yep. probably a partner or a husband, that don't want the baby. Yep. She she would not be able to get out of bed after tw- after 24 hours having that baby and go to the park. I've had three kids and I couldn't have done it. And she can't do that. I think somebody, it'll all come out in the wash, but I think that somebody's done it for her. What would, what would drive somebody to do that, do you think, Janet? Well, a partner who don't want children, probably, is probably married, got a family, and she's had that baby, and she doesn't want it, he doesn't want it, put it in a cat. I mean, if it had been the mother, I think she'd have wrapped it up properly. You know, really warm and lovely. But apparently, I think he's took it off her. That's what I think. And it'll all come out, I think. It's hard to imagine what what must be going through that I poor woman's mind. I can't imagine, because I've got five great-grandchildren, and I love them, I love them, I love them. How old are your grandchildren, Janet? Oh, my God. One's eight, one's five, one's um, three, one's two, and one's one tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. And we're having a big party for them. And do they love... They, they must love Grandma Janet. Pardon? They must love Grandma Janet. They'd, uh, well, they come with trick and treat. They had two round, and he said... He said... He, tr- he knocked the door, he got all his out things, and he said, uh, trick or treat, Nanny Janet. Uh, but he shouldn't have said Nanny Janet. He should have been a nom in this like, you know. Janet, we've got lovely to talk to you. I've got to move on, partly because, uh, well, I, my time is finished here. Thank you very much, dear listener. Adrian Goldberg is uh, taking over. Adrian, you're talking about important goals, is that right? It's early kick-off from 12 o'clock today. I'm in for Daz Hale, talking about all sorts of stuff. The most important goal your team has ever scored, amongst other things, and the best and the worst goalkeepers that we've seen around the West Midlands. I shall be listening as I sit in my car and drive through the streets of Birmingham. Thank you very much, everybody, uh, for being so friendly this morning. Nick should be back next week. Adrian's up next. Ta-ta. <laughs>